Marco, I have one clarifying question. Yes. Do I begin my intro by singing or playing a clip? Oh, uh, <laughs> whatever. You know what? I'll leave that up to you. Okay. Did I might, like um, I might under- sing it for timing and then you can add in. Okay. I'll probably leave the singing. So. But, um, <laughs> did you, did you understand the stage direction? Oh, absolutely. What is the Feature Length Podcast? Anyone? Uh, the Feature Length Podcast is a show where three idiots talk about film and entertainment. Good answer. Hey guys, what's up? <laughs> hey, are you talking to us? Yeah. <laughs> I'm talking to the voices in my head. <laughs> like I truly, I truly don't know. It felt like a fever dream. I swear to God. I it sounds so stupid hearing that. <laughs> If you're listening to this, this is a podcast. Welcome back to the Feature Length Podcast. Welcome back to the Feature Length Podcast. Welcome back to the Feature Length Podcast, a podcast where we talk about movies and TV for a feature length of time. Hulk 2003 is, in the most literal sense, a comic book brought to life as a movie. (laughs) That is not a good thing. In fact, it's quite bad. Ang Lee directed this adaptation of the Hulk, which serves as an origin story for the character of Bruce Banner, played by Eric Bana. <laughs> More like Bruce Banna, am I right? <laughs> Jennifer Connelly plays Betty Ross, and Nick Nolte is also kind of a character. And the music is by the elf himself, Danny Elfman. <laughs> Hulk 2003 tells the story of Bruce, the son of former military scientist, with a radiation disease passed down via, <laughs> via his father's genetics after his father experimented on his own body. Later in life, when Bruce is exposed to gamma radiation, his condition is activated in the form of his newly acquired ability to transform into a huge green monster, and the rest of your common and the rest is your common fare for a Hulk movie. Betty Ross is Bruce's co-worker slash love interest, but she is also the daughter of the military general who is after Bruce to contain and run tests on him, General Ross. Bruce's estranged father uh, has had a long-time rivalry with Ross and is after Bruce to siphon his power from him for himself after trying to mercy kill Bruce as a child (laughs) upon learning that their condition has no cure. And by mercy kill, I mean take a knife to a child and stab a child with a knife. Oh my god. Okay, uh... This movie's story and characters are laughable enough, but they aren't even the worst part of it. That would be the editing style. For reasons unknown, someone thought it would be a good idea to edit this movie to mimic the panel design of comic books. As a result, there are hilarious transitions, various multi-angle simultaneous shots and scenes and sections on screen, and even one case of a shockingly bad but hysterical freeze frame. The editing alone is enough to elevate this film from a generic early 2000s comic book movie to a standout, ironically funny watch. The Fantastic Four is a team of four superheroes, consisting of Mr. Fantastic, Reed Richards, the Invisible Woman, Sue Storm, the Human Torch, Johnny Storm, and the Thing, Ben Grimm. There have been three Fantastic Four movies, including 2005's Fantastic Four, 2007's Fantastic Four Rise of the Silver Surfer, and 2015's Fantastic Four. (laughs) (laughs) The first two films starred Ian Gruffydd, whom I have not seen in anything before or since, Jessica Alba, Chris Evans, and Michael Chiklis. They stayed pretty true to the comics, as far as a person who has no knowledge of the comics (laughs) can tell in these films, with the main antagonist being Victor Von Doom, Sue Storm's BF and Reed's rival, and the titular Silver 
Silver Surfer, an intergalactic entity who was sent to Earth to destroy it on behalf of a planet-eating force called Galactus. These films were exaggerated and comedic, featuring many visual gags and obvious jokes with Chris Evans' human torch stealing the show as a spoiled pretty boy, bordering on sexual abuser, <laughs> who could have also been an X Games star. I have to give an honorable mention to the best scene in the film where the human torch goes on a forced skiing snowboarding date with the nurse who is taking care of him post-interaction with the electron storm that granted the Fantastic Four their powers. And we see him catch on fire, lose all of his clothes, and essentially form a hot tub in the snow with his hot naked body. <laughs> I also really loved all of the classic early 2000s sexual exploitation of Jessica Alba forcing her to get naked or mostly naked multiple times as she can become invisible but obviously her clothes can't, so the only solution is to undress in large crowds, haha. The third film serves as a reimagination of the Fantastic Four origin story and starred Miles Teller, Kate Mara, Michael B. Jordan, and Jamie Bell as the titular four, with Victor Von Doom being the main antagonist again. But the whole origin story was slightly changed with the team building a machine to teleport them into another universe and it is there after some drunk shenanigans that the four plus Victor Von Doom are exposed to the electron storm that changes them. This third movie was definitely taking itself too seriously and the reimagination of their origin was honestly just dumb and not at all fun to watch. The entire conflict seemed to take place in the last 10 minutes and I never really understood the stakes or the antagonist's motivation. Also, Miles Teller plays a borderline offensive nerd. <laughs> <laughs> Nerd is in quotes. Um, you know a movie is bad when Michael B. Jordan, the sexiest man alive, can't make it enjoyable. But that's the Fantastic Four. watching daredevil 2003 i could definitely see through the open doors and understand why marco is the way that he is daredevil 2003 is peak cinema imagine taking a comic book character whose whole persona is tied to a taxi driver-esque 70s new york city riddled with catholic guilt and thinking evanescence it makes perfect sense, of course, to adapt the character of Daredevil in a style that I could only so lovingly describe as someone who watched The Matrix drunk one time and thought, I got it. It's lots of leather and emo rock music. And they would be right. Martin Scorsese talks about how superhero movies are just theme park rides. Well, someone should show him Daredevil 2003. What screams cinema more than a poorly CGI'd Ben Affleck mid-J-Lo breakup doing random hijinks on rooftops? But hark, what laughter yonder window breaks. It's Jennifer Gardner, Ben Affleck's next Gardner. lover as Electra. <laughs> Electra is no ordinary woman, though. She's badass because she can fight in a child's playground. But uh-oh, here comes Colin Farrell as Bullseye. Bullseye. <laughs> and nice. He <laughs> and he's such a badass, he kills old ladies with peanuts. Watch out. 
And Kingpin's there too. And he's well cast and completely wasted. I mean, not wasted because this movie's perfect. This is the quintessential early 2000s superhero movie. A movie that on paper has everything a Daredevil comic has. Catholic guilt, blindness, friendship with Matt and Foggy, (laughs) Elektra as a love interest, Bullseye and Kingpin as villains, and the death of Elektra as well. Watch how 30 years of Daredevil comics are crammed into two hours of a new wet metal wet dream. <laughs> a stunning interpretation of the characters that directly influenced Matt Reese the Batman. <laughs> An emo guy whose arc is to learn that he's got to be more than just vengeance. In, in cr- brackets, that's the word. I'm not the bad guy, kid. And scored with grunge rock. Hey, Matt. First, you stole the solo Batman movie from Ben Affleck, and then you based it off his Daredevil movie? Hashtag restore the Snyderverse. (laughs) Almost a year ago, I watched the Sam Raimi Raimi, Wow. Almost a year ago, I watched the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies for the first time and was absolutely flustered by Marco's love for them. Only now do I realize that when all you have to choose from is Daredevil 2003, Hulk 2003, and the Raimi Spider-Man movies, those movies look like the fucking Godfather. You know, I'm something of a Raimi stan myself. All jokes aside, though, I can't leave this intro without talking about the badass suit-up slash training montage scored to Bring Me to Life, a song that I finally understand why I've heard so much, because this movie lives in Marco's head rent-free, and now mine too. Please mail me all of your copies of Daredevil 2003. I can't wait to watch the director's cut featuring Coolio. Is that real? Yes, that's very no. real. No. Yeah. Oh my god. I really couldn't sing that first part. It was too much. <laughs> That's okay. You did you did oh, justice to the that intro. Was good. I but tried it turned out so hard. Especially the part where she pointed to her head and everyone would be able to see that. <laughs> it was a like, joke I, for I me. I wish and I could Neil. tap it <laughs> loud enough for the camera to pick it up. <laughs> Bullseye. <laughs> And I couldn't do the accent either, sorry. Yeah, that's okay. I'm, I'm very bad at accents. As okay, am I. Should we explain what the fuck we just did? Yeah, now? hi. Uh, welcome back to the Future Link Podcast. Uh, I am Marco. I'm joined, as always, by Dan. Hello. And Carolina. Hello. That was a little little bit of fun mischief that the three of us just had, where <laughs> we each wrote uh, an intro for the other person to read, explaining and doing an intro for... Uh, some of the god-awful movies that we are about to talk about um which yeah. yeah the the basis of this episode is in order to prep for dr strange and all the cameos that were supposedly going to happen that didn't uh we <laughs> watched uh, whatever it'll be long enough by the time this comes out yeah go go <laughs> check out the uh dr strange episode that we just did last week go check out last week's review we're definitely recording this a full week after <laughs> um you can tell because we're wearing different clothes <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um, yeah, so, uh, you know, we decided to go back and revisit these movies, and in some cases revisit, in some case for the first time. Um, in I, all cases for me. <laughs> yeah, so, um, just, just for some context, the movies we're going to be talking about primarily are, um, Daredevil 2003, Hulk 2003, and the three Fantastic Four movies. Reason being, like, the X-Men movies are, there's way more of them, and also, like, a lot of them are good. Um, yeah. we wanted to focus on stuff that was primarily bad slash funny and interesting to talk about. And also like to a certain extent, Carolina has some knowledge of X-Men, whereas these are movies that for the <laughs> most part only I've seen or Dan saw like as a young child and doesn't really remember. Right. 
So, yeah, that's why we revisited them to talk about on this podcast here today. Yeah, so this is pre-MCU, mostly, non-Marvel, or sorry, non-MCU Marvel garbage. Yes, that's yeah. that's that's the theme. And probably oh, and also, the title. <laughs> yes, true, yeah. Uh, and, okay, so just to get it straight, Marco wrote the intro that Carol read what? on Daredevil. No. <laughs> Carol wrote the Fantastic Four one that I read. And I Wait, Marco awful. didn't think Michael B. Jordan is the sexiest man alive? <laughs> no, you mean I didn't? <laughs> well, no, because if you didn't write it for yourself, if it wasn't me, it would yeah, have been I Marco. <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely didn't say Michael. I mean, he might be, but... Yeah, it's possible. It's possible. He's up there. Um, okay, here's how I'm going to say we do this, guys. Because I, I, going into this, right, I thought I would have the most to talk about in regards to Hulk and Daredevil... But honestly, after rewatching, sure you don't? <laughs> no, I, I, I mean, most of it I got out through that intro, so that's fine. But like, <laughs> I after um, rewatching, feel like the most we'll be able to talk about is with the Fantastic Four movies because there's actually quite a bit we could discuss across the the three movies there. Um, so I'm gonna say let's power through the real shit up front, uh, sure. and then we'll talk about Fantastic Four because I feel like. That's way easier for us to... to yeah. So, wait, the real shit being Hulk, Daredevil, and Fan4Stick? Uh, we'll, do, we'll do Hulk and Daredevil, and then we'll just talk about fa- the Fantastic Four chronologically. Because Fan4Stick is probably the shittiest one out of all. Of it is? I'm so it is. sorry, I cannot handle you saying Fan4Stick. I mean, that's how... That's, that's, that's what, what everyone the calls it. Carol, I... I didn't, I didn't make that up. You know how my TV, like the remote, like I can talk into the remote? Like, I, I said, like, search... I said, like, I just... All I said was Fan4Stick. And it brought up the correct movie. Like, it knew what I was talking about. Yeah. <laughs> Just to so be clear. To re- um, but yeah, it's sad that the the latest of these movies, which is 2015, Fan Forstick, yeah. is possibly the worst one out of all. I think so. Yeah. Oh, no, absolutely. I didn't watch Hulk 2003 because they told me it was a waste of my time, and I was it like, is, yeah. fair? Well, it's even worse than that. Oh, good. Awesome. Um, yeah, because that fantastic Fan Forstick was so bad. Yeah, almost so maybe, unwatchable to be honest. I agree. It's not almost. It's it's pretty unwatchable. It was rough. Um, yeah. I think we'll we'll start with sure. Hulk. Get it out of the way. Sure. You know what I mean. Not a whole lot to say. I have some thoughts. Then we'll go into Daredevil, and then we'll do that. Okay. So, Hulk two thousand three. Look, here's the thing. Right, <laughs> directed by Ang Lee, uh, visionary. Vision- <laughs> I was just gonna say that. Like legitimately, like auteur director. Who's made yeah. such hits as Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Uh, he is the director, I believe, of Brokeback Mountain as well, uh, which is interesting. It, yeah, I was going to say, that's a weird shift in <laughs> He has career. a very weird filmography, but then also Life of Pi, and also recently yeah. Gemini Man. Um, <laughs> which everyone <yeah>. loved. <laughs> he has a very weird filmography, right? But on paper, here's what, here's what I'll say, right? This movie is very bad. But what I'll say is this. As a Hulk fan, and we talked about this a lot at least privately. I don't know if on the podcast. But, like, Hulk is probably in my top three superheroes because... <laughs> what? All time. Yes. Yes. You and I have oh. never talked about this. Okay, I've talked about it with someone. Um, I love the top Hulk... Top three. <laughs> yeah. I love the concept of, like, a sci-fi body horror superhero. And, like, 99% of content featuring the character is not that. That's why I don't like 99% of content featuring the character. But anytime you can get something that feels like Frankenstein or Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, mm. I'm here for it. And I love the Hulk conceptually because I love sci-fi and 
he's the most sci-fi superhero um however you know <laughs> it's just unfortunate because like as a kid i was like yeah like sci-fi and, and whatever and you you watch this movie as a kid and i actually think as boring as we found this movie i think this is a, i didn't find it boring i found well, it hilarious yeah but it, you know narratively there's not a whole yeah. lot going on but i think i think part of the reason why i latched onto it so much as a kid was because it's just the right amount of like stupid science fiction where it feels like science but like you don't you don't have like a you're not fully developed so you don't understand so you're just like yeah he's doing science things and there's wires and shit and i don't know and then he becomes the hulk and it's like body horror and then you grow up and you're like oh no like it's not that at all um it thinks it's that but it's not um yeah i just i feel bad for this movie because you get Ang Lee, who is, like, a visionary director from a character standpoint, but then also just from a special effects standpoint as well. Like, he's always pushing the boundaries of that kind of stuff. You have, I think, a great cast. I think, on paper, the best overall Hulk cast we've had. I think Jennifer Connelly is the best Betty Ross we've had. I think, uh, um, what's his name? General Ross. Yeah, what's the I'm actor's Googling name? Jennifer uh, Connelly because I cannot picture her in my head. She's actually married... To Paul Bettany, the Vision. Oh, yes. fun fact. Okay, I know her. She's yeah. great uh, as Betty Ross, and even in this movie where she's given nothing to do, I think she has some good moments of acting. Um, oh, she's the she girl the who I always Betty think Ross. is Demi Moore. Yes, they do look similar. Yeah, mm. yeah. I can't remember the name of uh, General Ross. He's guy. that guy that just said some shit about <laughs> how he didn't like Power of the Dog because they were too gay or something. <laughs> oh really? Yeah, I don't know. I forget the actor's name. He does like those commercials for Ram, maybe. <laughs> oh, he's the voice. He's the cowboy. You know, he's got the mustache. And Sam Elliott. Like yes, yeah, Sam Elliott. Yeah, you did oh. it. Thank you. Oh my god. I I think he's great as General Ross. I think he's well cast as that. He was uh, also in A Star Is Born, in The Ranch, and sure. many others. I just know him for being a grumpy old man that says really uh, discriminatory things. So, um, uh. Yeah, I think they're they're great, um, and I like Eric. I prefer Eric Bana to Edward Norton um, in terms of casting. Yeah. <laughs> I think Mark Ruffalo is the superior version that we've gotten for sure. But I Obviously. think on paper, I like Eric Bana. Like if you used to say like Eric Bana as the Hulk, I'm like, yeah, I could see that. That totally works for me. Um, yeah, and you know, a great director. You have a great composer, Danny Elfman. I think the music is really good in this movie, and you know, and it's just a fucking mess of nonsense, and it's. It's so, it's so just like things from the comics being put on the screen in a way that just doesn't work and there's no interpretation and like, and like they're trying to do a character thing and I appreciate it, like I appreciate the effort, but no, like it's okay, <laughs> like it's okay because Carol, like, let me, let me pitch it to you like this, okay? This, in this movie... Um, the Hulk is the manifestation of Bruce Banner's trauma because as a child mm. he watched his father try to kill him but accidentally kill his mother um, oh, no. and so he has trauma like repressed trauma that he doesn't remember everyone's like you don't remember what happened to you when you were two years old and he's like no I don't fucking remember so he has this repressed trauma and basically the Hulk is the manifestation of that which again conceptually if you're doing a sci-fi body horror thing Cool. Could be cool, yeah. But isn't that, isn't that every adaptation of the Hulk? Kinda, but like, they don't necessarily lean into it. Like, I, I get what you what you mean. Like, the Hulk is like the manifestation of 
whatever scrawny Bruce Banner like can't do. But this one, like, I, I don't, I, I'm cool with them like delving into that backstory a little bit and being like, like, like a literal like trauma event happened in his life. That's fine. That's all cool. It's just the problem is like, here's the pro- <laughs> how do I say this? <laughs> the problem with all Hulk adaptations is this: at some point or another, they try to become a superhero movie, and like. The Hulk is not an interesting superhero. The Hulk is interesting as a monster story. And unfortunately, Marvel Comics will never let anyone make a Hulk story that's anything but a superhero story. So when you take this story about some guy with repressed trauma that becomes a monster and you turn it into him fighting the military and (laughs) jumping real far to get back to San Francisco to be with the woman he loves. And jumping from the American desert to, like, Tunisia and then back. Well, the score would have you believe that it's Tunisia, but it definitely has to be. the sand dunes would have you believe that as well. Yeah, yeah. Um... Sand dunes in America? Oh, but when the music is playing really blatant Arabic music over top. No, but, like, they're in, like, the Utah desert which looks completely different from, like, for example, the Rubal Kali, which is what the other desert looked like that they switched to. Yes. With these huge sand dunes. Like, yeah, it, it was the absolutely all wrong. A, cool. a different <laughs> desert. It's that all was funny. It's just, and this is always my problem. This is what I mean about the Hulk being my top three. It's like, the, the idea of just doing a monster story with this character. Like, that's in my top three. We will never get that. Nobody will ever make that because that is a low-budget horror movie and no one is going to make a low-budget horror movie with the Hulk as a character. So all we ever get is something that's trying to be a character drama slash horror movie that ends up being generic nonsense. And that's what this movie is. And not to mention, as we already said, the editing in this movie is makes it borderline unwatchable. It kills it. Honestly. But it actually in its legacy makes it better <laughs> well because it's, it's so goddamn funny yeah but yeah. Uh, like if if the editing wasn't like that it would just be a completely forgettable yes generic early yes. 2000s shitty superhero movie yeah agreed the editing actually probably saved it in terms of its legacy sure yeah because there's something to latch onto on and on laugh at, yeah. yeah 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 for sure yeah um Who's your other two top three heroes? Well, okay. obviously Batman, Batman is one. But who's I mean, top one? three generous. I don't know. Like, I, I, I just think about characters that I always want good stories out of. And, like, I think it would be Batman. Um, I obviously really like Spider-Man. But at the same time, I don't necessarily enjoy a ton of Spider-Man media. Like, outside of, like, nostalgia, I don't get a lot out of most Spider-Man media. Um, which is why even with the newer movies where it's like yeah it's definitely better than the old stuff but i also just don't really care that much so i'm kind of like okay cool um but i guess he's probably up there um i don't even know like eh, like doctor strange is up there but i've also never really read doctor strange comics like more just like conceptually him existing in the marvel universe and him popping up that's fair though Like, like i would like my personal top three is mostly because of their or their legacy in the live action stuff. Sure, sure. So that's that's that makes absolutely sense. fair. Yeah, I mean, but yeah, in terms of just like pure comics, comics that I've read, and like that side of it, it's probably Batman, Hulk, and like Spider Man. Okay. And definitely as a kid, it was definitely that. And then yeah, the older I get now, the more I'm kind of like, yeah, I don't know. Daredevil's kind of cool. There's <laughs> lots of cool characters, but like, yeah. 
Just conceptually. Which well, Ben Affleck's Daredevil, <laughs> of course. Yeah, I don't know. I just wanted to just get that out of the way up top. Like, there's not much to talk about. Um, I showed it to you more just because I was excited for you to finally experience it, which I'm glad I'm not the only one that has this movie in his head now. But, like, God, this shit. Like, you don't understand what only having Daredevil and Hulk does to you as a child. Okay? That's my fucking trauma response. Is like, this is the trauma, and now... It's but why did I am you the way love I am. them in two thousand and three? Yes. Oh, I adore them as a child. Yeah. I, I worshipped. But what about the X Men movies? I like these more than the X because here's the thing: when you're a kid, when <laughs> okay, you're a Marco, kid, that's not trauma. That's a choice. <laughs> sure, but here's what I'll say: right, as a child, you don't have taste. So, like, <laughs> to me, I was just kind of like, I knew the X Men movies were good. But I didn't enjoy watching them. And I didn't really, like, I couldn't put my finger on it, but I was like, I just like watching Daredevil more. I like watching Hulk more. And yeah, now as I get to an adult, I'm like, oh, it's because the X-Men movies are, like, dramas. And these movies are ridiculous. Like, of course I liked watching the ridiculous ones more as a kid. And now, what obviously... What the Spider-Man movies, though? Well, yes, the Spider-Man movies, yeah, fully. Those are by That's far... That's just an exception? Exception yeah. to the rule. Top tier. I always love those movies from the second I saw them to this very goddamn day. Also a choice. <laughs> I love those movies. No one can convince me otherwise. Those movies are great in the way that they are great, which is not a good way, but it's a way that I appreciate. <laughs> okay, yeah, I'll agree with that. Um, so yeah, but yeah, yeah, that's sort of where I'm at with Hulk. Carol, never watch it. You'll hate it. There's okay. no point. There's no well, point. Done I mean, and done. <laughs> you don't think she would enjoy the editing? Watch a compilation of the funniest of edits the best from that parts. movie. Sure. Because it really is like, again, Ang Lee, visionary director, tried to do this thing of like, <laughs> having comic book panels so yeah there are these weird like flip it's like you know when you first discovered powerpoint and how you could like <laughs> transition between slides oh, yeah. that Absolutely. is every cut in this movie and not to mention there are scenes where yeah like dan wrote in the intro for me there will just be like the same shot from like five different angles and you see each <laughs> angle on the for screen for no reason it doesn't add anything wow. and you don't even know where to look you're just like what is going on in this yeah. shot oh there was one point where oh, by the way angela watched a couple of these, including Hulk, with us. Yeah. And there was the one one instance where that happened, and we were like, okay, I'll take the left, oh, that, that corner, you guys take the other corner. Uh, Everybody right pick corner. a frame. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's amazing. ridiculous. Anyway. Yeah, I mean, it's just, I just hope, like, if we can get, like, a low-budget, gritty Daredevil show, just let someone make a fucking... Well, that was, uh, oh, okay, you're saying because we got that yeah like just just let someone make a six episode sci-fi horror miniseries about the hulk where he's super powered down make him yeah that's there is she hulk but i think that's gonna be more of like a fourth wall breaking oh because that's like her powers is that she's fourth wall breaking so it's definitely not gonna be absolutely powers to be oh that's like Like deadpool Deadpool? yeah she's like deadpool yeah it's weird okay Nobody talks about it, but that's one of her things. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, I don't know. It's what I want. I'm never going to get it. I mean, I guess that's also why... I mean, I also, as a kid, loved watching the, like, old 70s Hulk TV show. Um, With, um... Lou Ferrigno. And, but I think part of the appeal of that show, why it works, is, like, because they didn't have CG, he's literally just a strong guy. (laughs) So, like, but by virtue of that, like, it powers him down. And it's like we talked about with Superman, even, like, when the Hulk isn't a, a... unstoppable force when he's literally just like a strong monster guy you it powers him down in a way where it's like you can tell different types of stories that are more character based as opposed to like i need to go fight the military 
which I always come back to because he always ends up fighting the fucking military, and it's like, okay, cool, you can punch a tank, Hulk. Great. <laughs> Thank you. He Thanks doesn't just help. punch a tank. He picks up a tank by the cannon mm-hmm. and swings it like a tennis racket and hits people with it. Yeah. Nice. And then he <laughs> whips it but miles don't, away at some Don't point. worry, because we get a, a shot after where someone gets out of that tank, so we know the Hulk didn't kill them. Because yeah. he has to be a super... Don't forget, this is a superhero <laughs> movie. God forbid we do a fucking sci-fi horror movie. No. He has to be a superhero. Okay. I think my favorite part of this movie is... Uh, oh, spoilers, by the way. for <laughs> Yeah, spoilers for Hulk. Uh, there's one... What's the character's name? Who The freeze frame guy? Uh, Talbot. Okay, him... There's this character named Talbot who gets his leg broken by the Hulk at some point. And there's a shot where he's walking up to the Hulk later in the movie. But because he's limping, they thought... The editor thought it would take too long, so they just sped up the footage leading up to him walking to it instead of no, just cutting. No, they didn't. Yes. yes. And, that's... and they put that in the movie? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like and also... feature film. Yep. Carol, that's not even the... That's the least of the <laughs> weird editing so choices. well in film school. <laughs> if that could be on the big screen, I'm yeah. gonna ace it. <laughs> well, but that's also the scene right before the awful freeze frame. Yeah, that, that whole right. scene is a mess. You know what? Just look up that scene. If, like, if you just sure. watch that scene, I think you'll understand this movie. All right. All right. Anything else to say about Hulk, Dan? Can we? Can we? Um, <laughs> do you have any standout things to add? No, I'll, I agree with this cast is better than the, the uh, Incredible Hulk cast. Yeah. But the direction for the characters is terrible. <laughs> oh yeah, no, it's really bad. It's especially really Eric Bana. He might be the worst performance in the movie. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Like I just think they just didn't know. <laughs> They just, they made a choice and it was the wrong, everything in this movie is, they made a choice and it was the wrong choice. Like, it's so unfortunate because sometimes you watch a movie and it's like, there's so much good stuff and it's like, oh, that was a weird choice. But this is just like that, but the whole movie. Like, it's like, wow, like you put so much goddamn artistry into this and you were wrong about everything. Like literally every choice you made was incorrect in the direction of the actors, in the, the fucking visual effects, in the editing, literally every single choice they made was incorrect and it sucks because it's coming from like a auteur prolific director who you know genuinely cared and like was trying to do something and Mm -hmm. he just he fucked it up it's it's just it's more i said this to you guys but like it's not even funny to me as much as it's just sad because i'm like oh angley could have made a good hulk like there is a version of a hulk movie with this cast from angley that could be cool and instead we got this and i don't know why i don't know i don't know i don't know but whatever it just it fucking sucks i'm never gonna get the hulk movie i want i get it it is what it is and we'll leave it there r.i.p it's it's a different scenario though compared to something like venom where (laughs) yeah it seems like almost no choices were made and it was just like an algorithmic produced movie that is a really good point and i will say this i wanted to bring this up okay which is that all these movies all the early 2000s movies i have so much i think like more personal respect for because they're all trying to do something that isn't established yet okay and we talked about this a little bit but if you look at the history of superhero movies there was like two good superman movies in the 70s -hmm. and then nothing and then like one good batman movies at the end of the 80s one good batman movies (laughs) yeah one good batman movies (laughs) and then nothing Okay, And so when they're making superhero movies in the 2000s, 
to a certain extent it's like even with those three movies two of them don't have origins they're just like random movies you have one superhero origin movie superman the movie from 1978 okay one which even in the early 2000s was already dated in terms of its pacing and special effects i mean that movie i love whatever it's great but it's not you could not use it as a blueprint for a modern movie okay (laughs) um and even just the idea of like origin movies is so particular to superheroes like in cinema like you don't have origin movies because you're not generally up until the modern era making movies based on pre-existing serial serialized ip like Star Wars didn't have an origin, it just had a fucking movie, and then they made more movies. Same with James Bond, same with whatever, go down every goddamn franchise on the list. So, in the early 2000s, when you get to these movies, um, they're just winging it. They're just, like, trying to figure out what it is, and it's not until Nolan shows up and is like, hey, idiots, here's how you do it, that everyone was like, got it. Thanks, Chris. And then, like, everything... two years later, only. Two years later, but, as we talked about on that episode... It's, it's less about, like, how behind everyone else was and more about how fucking revolutionary that movie was, where it's like, holy shit, dude, how did you do this in this era? But, yeah. like, until Batman Begins, the idea of, like, a superhero origin movie was so, like, they're just scrambling to figure it out and everyone's trying to do something different. But to your point, I appreciate the fact that at least they're making choices and, like, they're trying. And it's... Here's what it's like. Here's the best way I can describe it. It's like when like a five-year-old child draws a picture for you and you're like this isn't good but like th- you would say that to a five no 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 like in your brain in your brain you're no yeah fletcher would from fucking two weeks ago but um in your brain you go no he okay, was nice like, to children we saw it oh that's true oh that was i wanted to bring that up in the episode i love <laughs> let's do it right here yeah i'm doing it because i do just, it. i've been meaning to say this for weeks yeah <laughs> Um, I love how, yeah, there's that scene where he's, like, treating the, the child, like, gently, like, because it's a little child. He's like, oh, when you grow up, are you going to come play in my orchestra with me? That's Fucking great. I hope not. And then, <laughs> yeah, I know. And then, like, ten seconds later, when she's probably still in earshot, by the way, he walks into the room with the band, he's like, all right, cocksuckers. <laughs> yes! <laughs> so good. It's so good. That, I laughed so hard when I watched that. Same. Oh, it's so awesome. Okay. That's all I want to say. Um, yeah, children. Okay, so <laughs> my point being, yeah, like when a five-year-old child draws a picture and they give it to you, it's never good because it can't be because they're five years old and they don't have the tools at their disposal. But you go, oh, this person wants to do something artistic. I'm going to placate them and say, like, that's good. Good job. Like, keep practicing. Keep doing your artistry. You put it up on the fridge and then maybe that five-year-old child one day ends up becoming a good artist, right? And if you look at the trajectory of superhero movies, to me... I have no ill will or resentment towards any of the movies we're going to talk about today or Blade or Ghost Rider. And this is part of the reason why even with the Raimi movies, like I appreciate them so much. Like there was nothing like nobody had the tools. Like, yes, there have been good movies before. There have been good action movies before. There's been good book adaptations before, but there had never been a blueprint of like taking a long running 40 year serialized story and then adapting that and let alone doing it for comics that are all over the map in terms of tone where sometimes they're serious sometimes they're campy what the fuck does that look like in live action so i, I to me these movies are the five-year-old drawings i'm like i i so what's venom well venom is like 
an adult that's given all the tools to succeed and is just a fucking burnout asshole. That's Venom. Venom is like, I hate you for existing because you had everything at your disposal and you fucking threw it all away. You're an idiot. That's what Venom is to me. Like, Venom is like modern art. Yes. And and these movies are like uh, like a Da Vinci. Sure, sure. I mean, that's... <laughs> or sorry, not a Da Vinci. It's like, like Da Vinci as a child. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Da Vinci as a child. That's a good way of putting it. Like, it's just, it's like, I don't blame them. They tried. And there are really talented people. Again, we just saw last week what Sam Raimi did now that superhero movies like have existed and those tools are available and it's like he just made a very fun entertaining great superhero movie those spider-man movies are not the fault of a lack of talent on sam raimi's part ang lee is an oscar-winning director the hulk is not the fault of his lack of talent as a director like it's just the tools weren't there it's cool it was it was the five-year-old area of superhero movies totally cool i don't hate them i love them they're kind of sweet to look back on it's kind of like oh remember where we didn't know how to do this yet whereas yeah when venom comes out and it's like there's 20 years of very talented superhero movies and some fucker comes along and makes a fucking movie and eddie i'm a loser eddie it's like okay great thank you thanks for that thanks for that fucking assholes yeah, or same Morbius. Thing, same yeah. thing. Yeah. Same fucking thing. I'm the like, Amazing Spider-Man movies. Yeah, that's why I hate those movies so much, by the way. Because everyone's always like, why? But, like, his Spider-Man is, like, way closer. And I'm like, yeah, it is way closer. But what you don't understand is the Raimi movies had nothing. And his movies had everything. Those movies had all the lessons. Those movies exist in a <laughs> And they po- were worse somehow. They, they exist in a post-Dark Knight world. And they are equally as bad, if not worse. Explain that to me. They're worse. Anyway, so that's that's where I'm at. It, to me, is like the, the further we get into modern movies, when they're bad, I feel way worse about it. I'm more angry about it. Because it's like, you have no excuse for not making something that at least could pass. You have no excuse for not making something that's at least a 50%. That's why, why Fan 4-Stick is the worst one. It's because it's like, there's no excuse for this. This is inexcusable. Yeah. I don't know. I think I'd well, still be mad if Fan Four Stick came out in two thousand five. Well, I would yeah, be more like, forgiving. It would sure. be more forgiving, but it actually because it is it's actually worse than the two thousand five version. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Probably even back then it would be seen as just an absolute piece of shit. Sure. And there are definitely those movies still, right? Like the, the Ghost Rider movies are a perfect example of like nobody is nostalgically being like ghost or like we all know those are also in a weird period where they're not like they're not really early 2000s they're They're like mid it's that weird middle range yeah but but i think also that's why movies like for example the ryan ryan reynolds green lantern which (laughs) by all accounts if you've watched it is just like generic it's there's you know but it exists in a post dark night world we know better yeah you can't get away you can't keep getting away with this okay (laughs) like that's that's a thing all right that's the thing anyway i just wanted to get that out there that like i don't hate any of these movies i know we're gonna shit on them a lot but i appreciate their existence now let's get to something carol can talk about a movie that she's seen uh the peak of cinema as i described it uh 2003's daredevil yes oh now i have not seen this one in years but i remember most of it i i thought it would be interesting to uh kind of go in like kind of blind for no pun intended <laughs> uh, 
very good. And I had seen Daredevil once before, so we decided to uh, mm-hmm. skip this one. Carol, can you guess where he saw Daredevil once before? <laughs> Your house? Yeah, my yes. basement. Yeah, yeah, that's correct. <laughs> yeah, well, because we saw, or I saw this after watching the Daredevil series... Thankfully, I already was introduced to the character, um, so Ben Affleck was not my first Daredevil. <laughs> Thank um, God. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I know, yeah. It was a rough patch. Yeah. Um, oh, boy. I don't even know where to begin. Like, <laughs> if this came out today, like, it's, like, offensive. Like, Ben Affleck playing blind is so rude. <laughs> yeah. What do you mean? Well, Charlie Cox isn't blind in real yeah. life. He's, he's acting. No, I mean like just the way he plays. The way <laughs> yes, he plays yes, blind is yes. rude because it's yes. so like exaggerated, and there's just so many scenes of him like not even wearing sunglasses and just like staring into the just sun looking. with like a well, dumb expression else? on his face. Like I don't know. How else would you show his acting ability, Carol? If oh, we, you know, Jesus. we have to really know that he's he's acting like. And a blind I hated person. how it like started. You know how, like, sometimes movies will, like, start actually in the middle oh, with, like, him yeah. in the church? And Let's then, like, back. you get to him yeah. in the church. Oh, so dumb. Where he's but about I to will die. say, Jennifer Gardner was a fun surprise. Um, although okay. the series Electra, <laughs> okay. obviously, so much better. Um, yes. The fight in the park was laugh out loud hilarious. Oh, Loved it's so that. good. Um, especially when they took it to, like, the, the, the teeter daughter. <laughs> Yeah, that stands out for me. <laughs> me too. I and also, that. the balls of this blind man to just like, you just meet this girl and you're like, I'm gonna fight you. Like, this is hot, right? This is how we're gonna date. Like, That's... let's get in a fist fight. And I'm blind, by the way, and I can just fight really great. I'm never gonna explain to you how. Yeah. That was flirting back then, Carol. Absolutely I mean, we bonkers. forget, but that was, that was how people flirted back in the early 2000s. <laughs> Absolutely bonkers. But I will say, as I mentioned... Best character, Bullseye. Bullseye. <laughs> Colin so Farrell killed it. His performance as Bullseye was iconic. He has never been better. I'm Not putting even that as out the there. penguin in the Batman. Never been better. Him walking around with his little, uh, what did he have in his mouth? A toothpick? Yeah, toothpick. Oh, so we could fling it at people, right? Yeah. So we could bullseye it at people. And he had he had the thing carved into his forehead, the bullseye. Head. Bullseye. Scab yeah. on his head, yeah. But he he wore a hat right down to his eyebrows to cover mm-hmm. it, so you'd never know. But then, oh. but then sometimes you would take it off, so you could yeah. see the bullseye. So you know. Got it. And he was yeah. introduced, obviously, getting bullseyes while playing darts, because right. how else would you introduce bullseye? How else? What well, I way? mean, the the Netflix show argued otherwise, but uh... <laughs> no, 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 no. This was the best Not way. <laughs> uh, his accent, I love it. All of what his, is his outfits. Accent? He's like Scottish or Irish? Is he's Irish. I don't oh, know. so just yeah. his real accent? Yeah. Yes. Oh no, he's just Colin Farrell. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But his his style was iconic. Very nineties yes. grunge. He really like a lot of leather, a lot of like um, chains. It was very nice. That's like I have Daredevil no complaints too. about him. Um, okay, everything good. else was fine. Okay, I have a question because mm-hmm. I forget: Is Elektra the only love interest in this, or is Karen Page in this movie? Not no. just Elektra. She's not in it at all. Yeah, Karen's not. Oh. It, who's awesome. Karen Page again? She's like from the, the show, the, the girl in the show that the works reporter. with them, the blonde girl. But there was a blonde girl who worked with them. She might the have same? got. 
like name checked as Karen Page, but I don't think she She didn't like, play a super huge role. Yeah. Like I don't she, think she was really gave cool. off like vaguely flirty vibes in the office, but like that was about it. Oh. Yeah. I will say though, like, okay, so from that perspective, I'm not defending the movie. I'm just trying to clarify something. Um Karen and Electra very much remind me of like in Batman lore how there's like Catwoman and Talia like depending on the writer like they will prefer which one is like his true romantic interest yeah. so whatever they made a choice they went with Electra that that's a choice that's fine that's a fine choice no problem there but you know the execution of it I mean that's a problem but that, the idea of Electra being in the movie is fine but um so <laughs> I don't even know. I mean, this movie is so ingrained to my personality. I don't even know how to. Okay, I have a few more this. things I want yeah. to kind of mention slash ask about. I'm yes, a little please. bit surprised at how gruesome it was. In that, like initially, the first kill you see him do is literally shoving someone in front of a subway. Mm-hmm, yeah, that was pretty wild. Um, I did also really like the. Um, the reporter character who was obsessed with the Character. daredevil char- character and how that was revealed in the first scene by throwing cool. a match on the ground and showing two D's as I guess is his calling <laughs> card D's. that we never yeah. saw. Did we see that again <laughs> ever? No, it's just on his suit. Like he just oh, has the devil the logo. Um, and then he figured it out at the end and was going to write about him, but erased it. What a good reporter. Um, That's classic daredevil comics bullshit. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That character's um, name, um, what's his name again? Do you have it written down? He's famous. They kill him off in the TV show. <laughs> My notes for all of the movies I watched ben for Europe? this episode, yeah. I have a page front and back for the first Fantastic Four, one line from Silver Surfer, and one line <laughs> from Fan Four Stick, and that's it. Perfect. Um, so yeah, I have no so, notes from Daredevil, sorry. So, yeah, the, the reporter's name is Ben Yurick, as Dan just pointed out, uh, and nice. he's played by... Yeah, that sounds familiar. Anyone know? know? He's Anyone bald. No. Is he bald? He gives yeah, off bald energy. Yeah, he's very energy. bald. Okay, um, that's all I got. He's played by Cypher from The Matrix. Oh. Oh, oh as okay. if I would remember that. Quint, again, this is what I mean. coming back to me now. About people, this being a movie very wrongfully inspired by The Matrix, of, like, the black leather and the rock music and fucking Cypher's there. Like, it's so, like, ooh, you picked a bad... <laughs> A bad franchise to try to ape off of for your daredevil. Isn't <laughs> John Favreau in this movie too? John Favreau yeah, plays Happy Hogan. Ha- yeah, yeah. Happy. Do you like him better or worse than the show? Sorry, yeah, Did not happy, happy. Foggy. It's Foggy. He plays <laughs> yeah, Foggy like... Nelson. Or yeah, right, because he plays Happy in the MCU. Yeah, he yeah. plays Happy in the MCU. Um, because um, I know you don't really like the Netflix Foggy. <laughs> no, I as hate good as that Net- show is. Yeah, I don't hate the Netflix. But no, um, it's fun to joke about though. I just, I love John Favreau as a comedic actor. So yeah, like yeah. I like him in this movie just because he's, he's really good charisma and energy. Um, whereas the Netflix Foggy is just kind of a whiny bitch. I'll see, um, John Favreau's performance was my second favorite. Yeah. He's in the good. movie? Yeah. Oh, after Colin Farrell? Yeah, of course. John Favreau is unironically really good in this. And he's just good in every, like I've never seen him in something and been this like, was, uh, This is one year before Elf. <laughs> His magnum opus. <laughs> yeah. It kind of is. I mean, that and Iron Man, you know. Those are probably his two best movies. <laughs> two oh, movies. yeah. No, they definitely are his two best. Well, actually, Chef's pretty good. Have you guys oh, seen yeah. Chef? It's yeah. really good. Chef. Yeah, I I love love chef. chef. I love He's chef. very talented. Chef. It's very impressive. Yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> what a range on this guy. I know. Right, anyway. Christmas movie, cooking movie, superhero movie. <laughs> cooking movie. What other obscure genre of movie can he do next? I'm sure he can do anything. Yeah. He did uh, Cowboys vs. Aliens too, I think. Oh my god. Oh my god. I forgot that movie. Ooh, you know what, yeah, else I, what else I loved about this film? What's that? The, um, I guess, opening credits scene where they had people's names come out of like buildings kind of like they had like cityscapes in 3d and then like they would have lights on and then it would kind of like shift yeah and it would be an actor's name very early 2000s very um i don't remember that but i'll take your word for it it's very early 2000s just yeah. whatever you're picturing in your head it's that yeah like of just like <laughs> shitty cg graphics what i'm picturing in my head right now is a scene where he looks at Electra in the rain and he gets an image of her. Oh yeah, I remember that? Yeah, I do remember that. <laughs> I did Holy just shit. watch it less than a week ago. I don't hate that scene. In a better thing it could work. Like in a in a Marvel's Netflix Daredevil. Well, they did do that in that and it was much better. Oh, did they? I don't even remember. They had a well with him and Karen in the rain. They didn't show it though. They just implied that it helped oh. him build a soundscape mm. or like a a picture out of the sound, but they didn't actually like cut you bad CG. Yeah, yeah. So they did do that better. Yeah, like, like with most almost things. like night vision. <laughs> yeah. Basically, yeah, yeah. Echo location or whatever. Yeah. By the way, the 2015 Daredevil show, like we don't deserve it. No, it's, it's too good. so good. It's probably the best Marvel production. <laughs> Why don't ever we deserve made. it? I think so. It's too good. It's it, just way too good. We it's too good for good things. It's too good for a comic book thing. Like yeah. even the best comic book movies, I think this might be on the top of like everything. It's so good. And it's <laughs> but it's also so like accurate and good and stylistically interesting at the same time. It's like the trifecta of things that we're constantly like trying to balance in comic book movies, right? Of like <laughs> Can it be good? Can it be accurate? Can it be like stylistically interesting? We're always like shifting the balance of that around. And this one is just like the best at all three. Everything. Like every there is not one thing. The cast well, Foggy's a piece of shit, but the the <laughs> cast is pretty good. Um, yeah, it's great, and we don't deserve it. And I'm so glad it exists because Daredevil is fighting for its life as a franchise after this movie. I don't um, as much as I love who it. Who played the Foggy in the, foggy. the Daredevil the series? He's a. This is like his first big thing. I'm looking him up. I need to know who you hate so much. Oh, yeah, I don't like his face. Yeah, he has a weird face, right? <laughs> as soon as the image came up, you cut yourself off and you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> I don't respect I, I get it. But also, like, I don't think you're supposed to like Foggy, no. so it's fine that he's unlikable. He's fine for what he's supposed to be. we like him yet. in Daredevil 2003. I like yeah. him, at least. You can Maybe like that's Foggy, wrong, though. but... Yeah. Maybe it's wrong that you like him so much. Depends on the type of story you're telling. There are times where it can work. His hair is also working. dumb in the show. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. It is. They really it didn't is. help him there. Yeah, I mean, listen, I love watching this movie. Um, it is the very, soundtrack's very great. Oh, this soundtrack is... I'd I mean, listen to yeah, the so soundtrack this again. <laughs> this is a surprise to me when I first watched this movie. <laughs> that Evan, like the Bring Me to Life song was made for this movie. Not only was it used Wait, is in that it, that's not true. Yeah, so the According whole, to Marco, it's true. The soundtrack, um the album of theirs Fallen, which is their best album. It's a fantastic yeah. album. I still listen to it to this day. Uh multiple songs from that album are used on this movie, and I believe it was created concurrently, if not for the movie. Um 
and that's you know, wild wild also that was so funny because obviously like in years of friendship you guys have never been in the car with me and that song not pop up on a playlist somewhere yeah. so then when we actually sat down to watch the movie and it got to that like montage suit up we're going into the third act and that song came on like i just remember you and miguel being like marco is this a fucking joke and i was like guys this is it this is where it came from this is this like is where it all started this is where it all began my love for this this type of music um but yeah i mean it's you know it's just it's, it's fun it's silly fun it's fun bad I have a good time it was it, not though. written for daredevil oh okay i thought it was but it it still came out around the same time so it was like yeah but did it not come out in daredevil first and then the album came out or no the album it was released as the lead single from the album on april 7th 2003 what so probably pretty daredevil close very they close. might have released it to promote yeah the movie must fact be. must be. yeah i wonder if but the apparently video... bring oh, me no, to life doesn't have any tie-ins was Doesn't. inspired by an incident in a restaurant open-mindedness and waking up to the things which are missing in the protagonist's life later lee revealed that the song was inspired by her longtime friend and husband josh hartzier hartzler okay. I like how it was inspired by open-mindedness. Open-mindedness. <laughs> the concept of open-mindedness. <laughs> I love it, Vanessa. They, they released a new album where they're, they're using... They're still making music? Oh, yeah. And there's... um, But they're they're changing it. So it's like they use a lot of, like, orchestral, like, uh, instruments in their music now. So oh, it's not just, like... it was used in the movie first. That's so interesting. So the movie came out February 2003. Ooh. There you go. There so you go. get fucked. I was right about my fact. Um... <laughs> I didn't say get That's fucked dramatic. to you I meant like get fucked like the listener society. that doubted me <laughs> all of society that doubted me get fucked but um no I mean I don't have much else coming out in you yeah <laughs> I don't influence. oh my god I mean yeah it's just it is so misguided but I love it I love every second of it it's so bad I love the soundtrack Evanescence still making bangers to this day <laughs> So good. Um, and also, I should mention, Kevin Smith has a cameo in this movie because Kevin Smith, um, very famous, obviously, movie writer, director, now podcaster, um, but also he wrote for Marvel Comics a little bit back in the day and he did a run on Daredevil that's pretty lauded as like being a good run of the character. And also, friends with Ben Affleck because he started Ben Affleck's career. Ben Affleck's career started in, if not Mallrats, it's one of the Kevin Smith movies. I don't remember now. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway. I thought it started in Goodwill Hunting. No, he worked with Kevin Smith prior to Goodwill. Actually, he he worked with Smith prior, and then they brought the Goodwill Hunting script, like, to him, to Kevin, Kevin Smith, Smith, to be like, do you think this is worthwhile to do? And he was like, yes, this is fucking incredible. Oh. You should do this. So, yeah, fun fact about that. Cool. But, yeah, so, like, they were friends, and then he became Daredevil, and Kevin Smith, well-known for writing Daredevil, so he has a little cameo in this movie, which is always nice, because I love Kevin Smith, so seeing him pop up, I was like, ah, Kevin Smith. Ah, ah my boy. Also, <laughs> is there a Stan Lee cameo in this movie? I don't think so. Damn. I could be wrong, but I don't believe there so. There definitely was in Fantastic Four. Yes. yes. It was one of his best cameos, I'll say. Yeah, Followed that's up true. by one of his worst cameos in the sequel. Right. Um, last thing I want to say, though, fun fact... Well, two sort of last things. First, Ben Affleck is famous for having said, and I don't know if he said it publicly or if he just told Kevin Smith and Kevin Smith said it publicly because Kevin Smith just podcasts and says whatever the fuck comes to his mind, but 
basically one way or another we now know that ben affleck only took this role because he really wanted to play batman but he knew he would never be offered batman and he was like i guess daredevil's the closest thing so he took this role and then he ended up getting to play batman and i feel bad because he is like a nerd and a fan of the characters and has been in nothing but shit adaptations of his favorite characters of his favorite characters so r.i.p to your superhero career my friend maybe yeah, it wasn't played, meant to be yeah he's played two superheroes and they were like basically marvel dc equivalents of each other because that those were his favorites yeah and it just didn't pan out and then just on that note yeah i do want to say thinking back to write the intro I was honestly a little bit shocked about the weird connections between this and Matt Reeves, the Batman. Okay, because like, and I just need to be honest about this. Like, there is some weird connections here. Which is, first of all, Ben Affleck was attached to write and direct the solo Batman movie for DC. Right back when that movie was originally going to be in the DCEU, he then drops out of the project because of personal demons, alcoholism, going through a divorce, whatever. <clears throat> um, Matt Reeves gets attached to do it. And then Matt Reeves makes a Batman movie that's very much playing into uh, grunge rock sensibilities and also is fundamentally about a character that needs to learn to, like, be the good guy and not be evil. Like, even down to the fact that there's a scene where he saves someone and the person's like, please don't hurt me, and then at the end that gets paid off in Daredevil. There's a stupider scene, but nonetheless a scene where he saves someone and the person says, please don't hurt me. And at the end of the movie, there's that big moment where he's like, like going to kill Kingpin, but he doesn't. And he's like, no, because I'm not the bad guy or whatever. And Colin Farrell is the villain in both those movies. (laughs) So real weird superficial connections between all of this. I'm like, it is all just that weird, like in the way that everything in the universe is connected in weird ways. But it's just, it's kind of fascinating to me that like, he replaced Affleck and then made a movie that has so many superficial connections to a Ben Affleck movie. Anyway, just gonna leave it there. That is funny. Not saying he ripped off Daredevil, but well, like, <laughs> definitely not saying that. Definitely not saying that. Um, what a like elevation for Colin Farrell between <laughs> Bullseye and Penguin in terms of like a real Every, character, the costuming, the performance, yeah, everything about it. The costume, that penguin is so good. And this der- bullseye, I mean, he's just got a bullseye on his head, you know? Like, just when you just think about How that. How do you think like, he got that scar? <laughs> like, in universe? Yes. Oh, I, oh, I think he just what? did it himself. Yeah, probably. But I like to think that there was something shaped like a bullseye that, like, fell on his head. That would be hilarious. And gave him that scar. <laughs> like Looney Dead Tunes-esque. Center. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Who Would directed you... this movie, by the way? Uh, was it someone or no one? <laughs> it feels like no one I'll tell you that I mean like if you can't think of the name it's no, probably just I can't think of the name that's all I wanted to know because everyone just calls it the Ben Affleck Daredevil movie because no for a second I thought it might be Ben Affleck oh no 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 directed by not. Mark Steven Johnson it's three names three names <laughs> maybe one of them should have been a good director Okay, do we have anything else to say about this nah, one? fuck it. Let's go. I Let's get to what we really to want to talk about. Fantastic Four. <laughs> Fantastic Four. Oh, so good. Let me kick this off by saying I had a delightful time me watching too. the first this, Fantastic Four. Me it, too. It was refreshing. I had yeah. so much fun watching both of the first films. Okay, fair. Like Mostly the... the first. Yeah. But... Oh, okay. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think we talked about this, Dan, a little bit, that the second one 
does more super superheroing stuff in it um and it's probably technically better but i enjoy yeah. watching the first one more so yeah exactly the first it's, one i might even rewatch at some point just for fun it's like, fun that's how much like i it, liked it yeah okay. it's, it's whoa Dramatic. <laughs> the police are coming yeah, for you like, for that wild opinion <laughs> hot take. Okay, never mind i take it back <laughs> i'll never watch the movie again <laughs> no but yeah so the second movie i think we all agree is like the actual better and like marginally it's not like a good yeah yeah it doesn't blow it out of the water or anything yeah no and the first one is definitely the more laughable like enjoying yeah enjoyment movie i also think the first one is like content to just be a family comedy yes whereas the second one is like trying to be a superhero movie and so i think that's part of the reason why it's just like yeah whatever it's just a dumb family comedy which also like i'll say let me start this off um if you're like the tone of a fantastic four movie should just be a dumb family comedy like (laughs) there is absolutely no reason and even when they reboot it in the mcu to do anything even remotely close to trying to make a serious movie and four stick no yeah like just it can be we've said it before i'll say it again just make the fucking incredibles you know it's just yeah. it's a yeah. family comedy that has like little bits of heart through it and like one positive i will say because i know i think we were originally going to try to say positives about these movies but there's <laughs> oh, literally nothing positive to say <laughs> we did talk about that um this is the first one i legitimately think yeah i, I was have, gonna like, say i have so many positives for this one yes me too so let I me start off by things saying about Daredevil. I mean, Colin yeah, Farrell, and I like the music and yeah. John Favreau. Yeah, yeah and we were Hulk, nice. With Hulk, I talked about how the it was cast. like a five-year-old drawing. Been saying so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay, I will start off by saying, and I know Dan, you kind of disagree with this, but I think this cast is pitch perfect. I love them. I think they have great chemistry with each other. And I will honest, I honestly, honestly, from the bottom of my heart, think the first act of this movie is like legitimately, unironically, like just funny and enjoyable to watch. Like, not that there aren't ironic, stupid things in there, like a Sum 41 song for some reason, but. Um, during the best scene that I mentioned during the in best Dan's scene. intro? Absolutely, there are definitely stupid things that you'd laugh at. Okay, if even... Daredevil can use Evanescence, Fantastic Four can no. use Sum 41. Totally, and it's it's funny and it's silly, and again, it is that like okay, nobody knew what they were doing. But this one, I think, in its first act, and I think because the actors have decent chemistry, I really just enjoy watching the first act of it. Like Chris Evans's introduction, so of good. Him driving that like I don't know cars, some kind of convertible while making out with, with someone a on a motorcycle. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Or like so vice versa. Hilarious. And, I will say, and I think part of why their chemistry works so good, and something I actually... So, for the most part, I think their chemistry as actors elevates their writing. Nobody's given anything interesting to do character-wise, but I just think they're good enough actors and they work well enough off each other that I believe in it. I will say something that does work for me from a writing standpoint is the idea that when we pick up with these people, like, they've already had a relationship. Like, this is a lived-in universe. Yeah. I really like that. Because, like, it starts with Michael Chiklis being like, hey she's fucking she's gonna be here are you sure you're gonna be okay with it and he's like yeah yeah, yeah. and then she shows up and i like that like michael chiklis has this older brother sort of vibe with both of them where he's yeah. like equally friends with both of them and he really wants what's best for the both of them and like johnny is the younger brother vibe everyone's dynamics together in the first act i'm like oh cool this is a and fun they were setup introduced and defined so well from yes. the get-go yes like you, you didn't have to figure anything out 
Correct. It, I love it, sometimes just being fed this shit on a silver platter. You don't even have to think. It's just all there. On a silver surf- surfboard. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fuck <fine>. um, <laughs> I completely agree, Carol. I completely agree. I think it is set up so well. My problem is, once you get to the bridge scene and everything for the rest of the movie, <laughs> it's like, here's the thing. It's like, they yeah. set up these really simple character dynamics. They set up these really simple character faults, which are tied into what their powers are, which is dumb and comic booky, but in a dumb comedy movie, okay, whatever. It's all very simple. It's all very streamlined. It works. The, the chemistry is good. And then they just do nothing. Like, and like, I always, I was thinking about like Thor Ragnarok. And how that movie is dumb, and it pokes fun at Thor, and nothing is taken too seriously. But then you get moments of, like, Thor and Loki in the elevator, and Thor being like, oh, I always looked up to you, and, like, that really nice character moment. Or you get the, like, what are you the god of again, like, hype moment at the end. Or even with the- Are you god of hammers? Are you the god of hammers? Like, like, talented, like, writer-directors have the ability, I think, even in a dumb family comedy- to find their moments to be like, and now we're going to like stick a pin in this thing that we set up. Like we're going to elevate it to the next thing. And this movie just sets it up and then kind of exists. Like that's very, like nothing really of substance happens with the what I think is a well set up cast and situation. But you didn't talk about Dr. Doom. Oh no, Dr. Doom's awful the whole time. I mean, I, I'm not counting Dr. Doom in any of this. I'm just talking about also, the core the fact Fantastic that War. he decides to propose to Sue during this mission in space, in space. and also space. says, think of it as a promotion. Like, wow, yes. how romantic. That was hilarious. Yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> but that, see, it's that kind of shit that I laughed out loud at. And yeah, it's me fun. too. This movie oh, me so too. Much. See, but one plot point that I hated was the mm. thing's whole relationship with his wife, because that was just dumb. The whole reveal scene and how she, like, ran away screaming. Again, yeah, that's that's something they should have changed upon adaptation. That's a very 60s comic book thing that does not work. Like, you you needed to change that. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I also, I like that scene. That's, that's, so that's part of the humor that works for me is, like, when he's like, yeah, like, four little words to change your (laughs) life. And then Reed walks in and he's like, the cloud is accelerating. And I was like, oh, like. That is almost a joke the MCU would do, except they yeah. would just do it better. But, like, that type of... That is a James Gunn joke. Like, we set up this emotional character moment, and we're going to undercut it with, like, a dumb thing. Like, cool. That is a actual joke. Like, you wrote a joke. You weren't you weren't just being stupid. Or the one that I really enjoyed is after the accident, where they're all in the hospital bed, and we see, like, oh. the thing's <laughs> POV, and Human Torch is talking to him, and he's like... Listen, the doctors did everything they can. We don't know what's wrong. And it just turns that out it's him. Re- that was genuinely hilarious. That is, again, I think, in a, like a, a joke the MCU would do in a modern Fantastic Four movie. And stuff like that really worked for me. And I was like, I'm having a great fucking time watching this movie. Like, it's funny. It's really funny. I like as overly sexual as Johnny is when he's talking to the nurse. And he's oh like, you're God. burning up. And he's like, thank you. You're really hot, too. And, like, it's just like he's so <laughs> stupid. Like, I just, I got... Although he did have a fever of two hundred and something, <laughs> and the nurse was like, eh. "And then Next, let's fine. go, let's go skiing, let's go skiing." Yeah, and then Ben has like a heart rate of like two hundred <laughs> something, also very alarming. And again, she's like, "Eh, that's fine." Yeah, um, Chris Evans and Michael Chiklis are the best part of this movie. I obviously. agree. Yeah. Like their chemistry together, I will have to agree to disagree for the rest, though. I sure. Think I don't know. Personally, I thought Jessica Alba and the guy who plays Mr. Fantastic 
were really wooden. I maybe that was just me. I like them not interacting with each other. Like I like when he's interacting with Michael Chiklis. I like when she's interacting with Johnny. I don't buy their relationship, but I also struggle to know how much of that is how fucking poorly written and directed it is. Um, oh, yeah. They also had nothing to do. Yeah, like, that definitely but... doesn't help, but they also didn't have great chemistry, like, romantic chemistry. I'll agree with you there. But I like the dynamics of the way everyone interacts with Michael Chiklis and Johnny. But also, that's probably because Michael Chiklis and Chris Evans are, like, superior actors. Yeah. And so, like, they can create really good chemistry with anyone that they're in a scene with. So yeah. that and probably has together. To do with it. Oh, I, I love yeah. their, like, just like ribbing each other yeah their banter the yeah it's so good and and yeah like we, we already said it chris evans fucking like he was so good in this that when he was cast in captain america people were like but he's the human torch like how could he ever <laughs> not be the human torch and now he's succeeded that and it's yeah. weird to look back on this almost i know yeah, he's like gonna this. be buzz lightyear yeah will anyone be able to handle that <laughs> and you, he, he has he has one of my favorite again another like joke that the mcu would do just like a good joke where they they come back after his whole skiing incident and he's like trying to explain to them what happened but he like can't quite explain it and reed and sue aren't really listening to him he's kind of just following them and they're not really listening and she's like oh i wonder if it like altered our, our molecular states and and reed is like no sue there's no way I could have done that there's no way and then like he snaps and has the fire and he's like look 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 and he's showing them and then he goes now imagine this but everywhere. <laughs> and, then, and then he goes, what is that? And then Reed pauses and he goes, yeah, I guess it altered our, our uh, molecular state. And then he goes, ha cool. And I was like, yeah, this, this works. Like, this all works. This is, like, really dumb and very funny. Makes me happy. Yeah, that was, that was good. Is it this one or the next one that has the, uh, the motorcycle stunt show? Oh, it is this one. Okay. Yeah. Do you remember how there was just a blatant Burger King promotional poster? Yes. That was hilarious. Very much so. Product placement. Yeah. Oh, and also, he had the jumpsuit with all those, the logos on it. Yep. Yeah. I think that was in... I don't know if this was this oh, one or the next one. No, that's in Silver Surfer. Yeah. Oh, okay. But... That's when he really anyway, shells out. <laughs> still funny. Right. And, like, it's funny because that is in character for him. Yeah. But it's also... I think you... Marco mentioned this during the movie how there must have been a deleted scene that explained why he just walked in in like a jumpsuit with a bunch of like race car livery on it yeah and just a bunch of brands and logos yeah it seems a little bit out of nowhere kind of funny even though it's in character well because it was after he snuck out and like decided he wanted to be like famous and so then like I think it makes sense that then he would reach out to brands for sponsorships but just like flying around he could well, be like he could yeah. advertise them in the air. <laughs> yeah, while he's on fire. <laughs> hey, race car Unless drivers do it. That's true. Yeah, who's seeing anything on a race car? To be honest, <laughs> that's fair. That's a good fucking point. That's a really good. Why point. Why do race cars have advertisements on them? Yeah, isn't the whole point that you go fast, you dumb fucks? Yeah, when you go fast, you blur. Yeah, <laughs> idiots. <laughs> idiots. Um. Yeah, but I mean, I like like we alluded to. Once the middle of this movie hits, it's just sort of like, oh, like we're just stuck in like the same shit. Like Michael Chiklis doesn't want to be the thing, and they rewrote the script so Jessica Alba can be naked a lot. And whatever. okay, this it's is also like... the era of very offensive blind people, because Carrie Washington <laughs> also plays blind oh, right. in like a very overly exaggerated way. That's right. That is true. 
And also, I love that they're like, the only way he can find love again is if it's with someone who can't fucking see yeah. him. Yeah. <laughs> That's, That's really funny. <laughs> yeah. Fair. I didn't even think about it that way. But surprise Carrie Washington, for me, that was kind of fun. She's I wish cool. she was like was she... anyone else, but... <laughs> was she Carrie Washington back then, or was it just no, like... I don't like no, I don't think It was wasn't a surprise Carrie Washington. It was just, just some like for person. me now, watching it for the yeah. first time. Yeah. Just a surprise Carrie Washington. I forgot it was her, too. When she showed up and it was Carrie Washington, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't realize yeah. you were playing this part. What else happens in this one? <laughs> I, I mean, that's the problem. It. Like they after fight Victor Von Doom. And we can talk about that, because, yeah, like, after after the, the setup, which is fun and engaging, it's just, like, they're they're just lame. But, um... They're, like, figuring out how to deal with their powers and then also fighting Victor. It goes on too long, the dealing yeah. to figure... And you know what it is? It goes on too long, and there's no, like, re- there's literally no resolution to it. And, like, I want to talk about Victor's characterization in a second, but even before it, like, regardless of how shitty of a villain he is, like, in... Like, a normal superhero movie. Or, like, a normal movie. Like, there would be some kind of resolution to any of this stuff that, like, feels satisfying and engaging. Like, I'm thinking about, even in the comedic ones, I'm thinking about, like, Guardians of the Galaxy of them, like, all having to hold hands to, like, spread the power of the Power Stone so, like, he doesn't die. Or even in Guardians 2 with the, um, like, Yondu sacrificing himself. Or... Um, Thor, we already talked about the bridge moment, or even the Incredibles, like, I think about the setup and payoff of, like, Violet not being able to put a shield around the plane, and then her talking with her mom and being like, I'm sorry, and her mom being like, no, that wasn't fair of me to put that on you, like, you're just a child, and then that gets paid off later where they think they're about to die, but Violet did put the shield, and her mom's just like, I'm so proud of you, like, that's great, and just the shot of, like, the four of them, like, they're all teaming up, ready to finally fight, like, there's nothing like that. It's like we get to the third act in this, and it's just like, hey, Johnny, remember that thing that we were completely correct in telling you not to do? Just do just do it, I guess. I mean, the science didn't change. You still could set fire to the atmosphere because you're <laughs> as hot as the fucking sun. But yeah, go ahead. Yeah, they tell him to go supernova yeah. in a New York City intersection. <laughs> yes. yes. And it's okay, though, because Sue is going to use a bigger shield than she's ever used. How? I don't know. her nose is going to bleed. Because her nose is going to bleed a lot. And so it'll be okay, because her nose... Yeah, and then guess what? Reed and the Thing are just going to stand there and watch. Isn't that (laughs) dynamic action storytelling? There's literally a shot of Johnny going around as the force field is climbing to protect him. And the Thing is just in the corner. He's like... He's just watching. I'm like, fucking do something. Like, what is this? Especially Mr. Fantastic. He's the leader. And he does shit all. He's so underpowered. All he does is give a quip. He's like, he's like, hey, Victor, what happens to metal when it's super heated and then cooled? (laughs) And then he, yeah. And I'm like, okay, thanks. But that also confused me. Because why would it, why would it like freeze like cement? That's what happens to metal when it's superheated and then cooled, apparently. Does it? I don't know. I'm just trusting Reed Richards. He's supposed to be smart. He's the smartest man in the universe, yeah. (laughs) I don't know. But apparently he could still be powered on or de-thawed by the Silver Surfer, so it doesn't matter anyway. (laughs) Yeah, which also makes no sense, but... Oh yeah, speaking of which, Doctor Doom 
<laughs> is just a guy with metal skin. Yeah, yeah I mean, I I, we I should think touch metal on insides. Well, yeah, like he's a metal person, metal man. <laughs> I don't essentially I, like. I feel like nobody. Oh, you know what's hilarious? <laughs> what we didn't even talk about Nick Nolte and Hulk. Oh, there's nothing to say about <laughs> Nick Nolte and Hulk. I mean, he's just. He, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, or the Hulk dogs or whatever. Yeah, I mean, what that you, whole side of the that thing. whole side of the story is kind of. I mean, I know it's the driving character motivation, but it, yeah. No, okay, so Doctor Doom. It, it feels as though nobody has any idea what Doctor Doom is, and then also that the Fan Four Stick movie just like <laughs> adapted this version of Doctor Doom, even though it is not close to the source material whatsoever. Doctor Doom is a rich guy that is the leader of this made-up country named Laveria, and he wears this suit not because he's made he's of metal. He's the leader of the country? Yeah, oh. yeah. Like, he's the king or whatever. He's like the king. He's the monarch oh, of this country. And he wears this suit not because he's made of metal, but just because he wears this suit because he's, like, basically... What makes him so cool in the Marvel Universe is he's as technologically powered and inclined as Iron Man, but he also, like, no sorcery like Doctor Strange. So, like, he is, like, this awesome big villain that has the best of both worlds of the of the Marvel Universe. Um, and in this, he's just a guy with vague electrical powers, and maybe, and he's also metal or something. And his assistant <laughs> is Father Pruitt. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. That was very fun. <laughs> that was hilarious. That is one of my very few notes. What a glow up. Yeah. <laughs> he looks like a baby in this movie. Yeah, he was a child. Well, I mean, yeah. it was almost 20 years ago. Damn. It's so, it's, it's funny too that we just recently, relatively recently, did the Midnight Mass episode. Mm -hmm. And now I am just realizing for the first time that he was in that movie. What are the odds? Like, I've seen that movie before, but I yeah. never, obviously wouldn't have known you would never know to look out for him. Yeah, because yeah, I hadn't seen Midnight Mass yet. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. It wasn't really his uh, breakout performance. Could have been like his first thing ever, though. Yeah. It's entirely it possible, been. which Good. is unfortunate. <laughs> um, yeah, it's so weird to me that like in a movie that is so directly pulling shit from 60s comics, shit that should not be in the movie, like the thing's weird relationship with his wife and this blind person he's dating, <laughs> or... Just any of that weird shit we talked about is like, you needed to change this in the adaptation. And they were so focused on that, that for some reason... And then, like, you get to Doctor Doom, and it's like, I don't even know what this is. This isn't even Doctor Doom. Like, how did you get this so wrong when you did everything else almost to a T? Like, why? Why? Yeah. that That's a, that's a really good point, actually. Fucking stupid. Why draw the line there? I don't know. Like, what... Like, why couldn't he have just been a technological... Maybe he's jealous that the rest of the team got powers on that trip. Like, if you want to keep the same structure, but just make it a little bit more close to Doctor Doom, just make him jealous that the rest of them got powers and he didn't, and so he creates a suit to give him, like, tech powers. Okay, great. Like, I, can that's understand, I can understand in this first movie not wanting to tackle magic. Yeah. But even if you just start with the... Technology. Like, the handmade technology stuff absolutely well, especially since absolutely. they set it up that like he was going to keep himself safe in like the protected yes. part of the spaceship or whatever and then the rest ran out to help the thing um like he, so he shouldn't have got he feasibly could have well mm -hmm. you know who else shouldn't have gotten powers sue in fan four stick so yes okay 
Listen, who cares? So weird. We need to. Okay, let's just we'll we'll get through Civil Civil Surfer because we got it. Okay, anything else to say about Fantastic Four? I don't think so. No. Listen, this movie is very sweet. This is the quintessential (laughs) five-year-old drawing superhero movie. Absolutely. Watch this. It is very endearing. You'll have a good time. Silver Surfer. Not not as much. But no. it's still like it's up there among these movies. It has its like weirdly very tan. My favorite part of this movie, <laughs> I laughed so hard that I had the hiccups for like fifteen minutes. I, don't know if you <laughs> I did, yeah. There's the moment which we're using as promo for this episode, by the way, where Chris Evans, like Johnny Storm, he gets the power in this movie to absorb the powers of the rest of the oh, team yeah? from the Silver Surfer, and he absorbs uh, Mr. Fantastic, Mr. Fantastic's. Uh, elasticity and there's a shot of him laying on the ground like tired like out of breath and it looks i mean just look at the promo the episode you'll know what i mean um it looks so bad it's awful he looks kind of like a cheese string yeah his head is like square yeah yeah well because he's laying down and it's like the pressure (laughs) is flattening his head (laughs) ridiculous it's yeah it's but best part you of know movie. that allowed for some really fun shenanigans yeah it did with the power sharing yeah like the excuse to have sue storm be fully naked this time instead yeah. of just uh a bra and well she burned off panties. all her clothes obviously you see yeah she has yeah. to be naked yeah yeah There's, there was no other way <laughs> there's no other way also can we just say i mean i, I just uh, we need to talk about this thing in the bridge scene from the first movie because She takes her clothes off because the premise (laughs) is you need to be invisible to get past all these people. So she strips naked. Then as she gets past them, Johnny and Reed pick up her clothes and then also just walk past them and then just give her her clothes on the other side of the bridge. Therefore, all three of them could have just snuck past without anyone being invisible. And also Reed only says to her when she becomes visible again, oh, you've been working out. Not like... Hey, you might be embarrassed that you're in your undergarments on this bridge in front of thousands of people and all of the news, but whatever. No sympathy for that, I guess. No, no sympathy, no. Because she's been working out. She looks good. Who cares? Carol, I think you forgot. It's because Jessica Alba's hot. Yeah. So it's okay. (laughs) It's a gift for everyone else. Yeah. Speaking of which, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to go back to the first one. We need to talk about this scene, though, is when they're introducing the suits... And oh yeah, and Johnny is like they're on the space station, and and Johnny and, and Michael Chiklis are there, and they're with Mister Fantastic, and they're like, yeah, these these suits we created that are gonna protect us, and they're gonna whatever whatever. And then Jessica Alba walks out, and her suit is unzipped down to her fucking belly button, and I'm like, what protection are you getting by wearing a push-up bra in this fucking space suit that is completely unzipped? And but everyone oh, everyone was zipped up to their to neck. their neck to their yeah. neck, and she's all the way goddamn down. And it's just, you know why? It's because she can walk up to Reed and hand him the suit. And he's going to look down like he's looking at her boobs. And he's going to go, wow, that's fantastic. And then he's going to grab the suit and go, look at this. Isn't this cool? And then Michael Chiklis, who is like her older brother, and Johnny, who is literally her brother, (laughs) share a look where they're like, isn't it weird that Reed didn't compliment her boobs? What the fuck (laughs) is that joke? What? 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 (laughs) Well, it continues yeah. in the second movie. Yeah, <laughs> it yeah. gets worse. In it the gets movie. even worse in the second movie. I just felt so bad for Sue the whole time. She just wanted a wedding, and yeah. it obviously couldn't happen. But also, my only note from Silver Surfer was Andre from Brooklyn Nine Nine. 
I mean, the yes. captain, but I know. Oh, the, yeah. I don't remember the captain's name, but I remember the actor's first name. So Captain I Holtz. have written this Andre from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, Captain Holtz in this that movie. That was exciting. Yeah, love to see he's, him. He's a part of what I think might be my least favorite scene in the whole movie, which is when he's talking to Reed and he's like, oh, I'm the quarterback, so I'm going to call all the shots. Oh, but God. you wouldn't and know then, that. And like, keeps coming back. But then Reed <sighs> gives this speech that's supposed to be like, an empowering like nerd revenge moment yeah. of like i'm dating in the real, hottest yeah. girl in real life, oh yeah nerds are cool <laughs> that was the thing too that we pointed out was not only did he yeah he goes like well i'm i'm engaged to the hottest woman on the planet and it's like the only thing you could say about your fiance is that she's the hottest woman on the planet and like, you're still gonna ruin your wedding to help this guy yeah, yeah and then you're gonna have this weird Chinese culturally appropriated wedding. Oh my god, yeah, we need to talk about the wedding at the end where she is straight up, like, that is not okay. No. In two, espe- like, I'm never okay, but especially, like, 2007, like, we knew by then, you know? Like, that was not okay for her to well, be wearing. when did uh, the Sam Raimi Spider-Man come out? I think the 2002. second one. 2002. Okay, no, it was the first one. I was gonna say it reminded me of yeah, Mary Jane. Yes. The, yeah. Yes. For no dress. reason. But again, well, I mean... Well, no, because that was her solution to having her original wedding canceled. They just have the wedding where they ended up. And of course, they can't just wear a regular-ass no. fucking dress if they're having it in Japan. Yeah, no. And her hair, too. Like, yeah. Not <laughs> everything. Very, very, very bad. Very bad. Silly. <sighs> what else happened? There was, yeah, there was a galactic being oh, on a also, silver board. Lawrence Fishburne is the silver surfer. Yes. Oh, I didn't I, know that. Yeah, he's the voice. Um, and I, oh, yeah, hard I actually, to tell because it's just a man who looks like he's made of metal on a yes. surfboard the whole time. So, um, I think they do a good enough job of adapting the Silver Surfer story for the context of this universe of just like a very literal, silly version of the Fantastic Four. It's like, yeah, it's all there. Yeah, he but it, this is the Herald. It's this weird middle spot where they they didn't want to go silly enough to just make Galactus. Like they had to make like a Nolanized version of him. Yeah, he had to be a cloud instead of a person. And it's yeah. kind of like, uh, why? Because there's already a guy on a fucking surfboard. Like, yeah. yeah, I agree. I agree. Just go full in on the silly. It would have been way better. But I think, I think to be fair, I think they also give like Silver Surfer some cool choreography and like his effects are pretty good. Yeah. Like him going through the buildings, him going through the surfboard. All that yeah. stuff. I'm like, yeah, this is cool. This is fun, actiony. Like, I have no problem with yeah, any of this. Yeah, I agree. So, yeah. And then Doctor Doom comes back with a weird haircut. Oh yeah. Oh my god, his haircut is unbelievable. I'm like, did a five year old cut your hair? Like, <laughs> yeah, because this is a painting. And also, by, when by did Drew. you get a haircut? Yeah. <laughs> so weird. So weird. Yeah, he's been frozen for like two years. Maybe we're supposed to assume that like. I don't know, electricity fried his hair? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Anyway, I mean, we Dan, we talked about this, but, like, Doctor Doom stealing the Silver Surfer surfboard should be, like, oh, the yeah. hypest moment in cinematic history. And Doctor this, Doom on the Silver sur- Surfboard. It's just a throwaway yeah. thing that happens. Yeah. Oh, so and then, it, okay, so that leads to johnny having to get all of the powers of the fantastic four so he's basically just the fantastic four in one person yeah and go fight dr doom on the surfboard to get it back so that the silver surfer can lead galactus away from earth yeah Yeah. that's that's the rest of it and he's only doing it because sue reminds him of his wife or whatever yeah yes again she's very hot jessica was hot yeah (laughs) um yeah 
I will say Johnny getting all the powers. It's fine. It's sure. kind of fun. It's. I wasn't expecting that. Yeah, it's fun. Uh, and it, it's, and he was only doing it to have a hot army woman be impressed by him. That was that so weird. was the weirdest Who part is of this, this person? movie. <laughs> Just some really like a supermodel, but also a soldier. But he and then he's talking to her at some point in the movie, like they've been friends for years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, but I don't he's like, you don't it... know me. And she's like, yeah, I know you're useless or whatever. Not obviously mm-hmm. I'm paraphrasing, but it was just such a weird No, that dynamic. was the literal dialogue. <laughs> it was pretty close. Yeah, but I don't remember what her name was, but nope. like, he uses, <laughs> <Doesn't matter. laughs> he uses like a short, like a nickname for her as if he, like they just, they been, know each other. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's ridiculous. Weird. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's all there really is to say about this one it's not so. i think as like fun as the first one but no it's also not awful. it has its moments though it has its moments there are some i i think it had the funniest like thing yeah like, even funnier than the first one but, it's yeah. it's the classic like it has higher highs but lower lows yeah but yeah the first one is that consistent kind this of is like, like the dark knight the first one's like batman begins <laughs> yeah yeah what was the funniest thing in this one Oh, the Chris Evans stretchy thing that yeah, we're using sure. for the picture. <laughs> when he's breathing sure. really heavily and he's, yeah. it's like a fucking idiot. Sure. Yeah, yeah the thing right. that gave me hiccups for I'll 15 minutes. That. <laughs> it's so good. It's so Although, good. I do have one pet peeve. They had to, like, hold up the London Eye, and I don't know why every fucking superhero movie takes, has a fight scene at and the they London cut to, Eye. They cut to that random family. Oh, yeah, yeah there had to be a random they family. They give the thing just a nod of thanks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Rockman. <laughs> <laughs> okay, wait. Before we get to fan stick I just want to set up a topic now that will be paid off. Um, set up and pay off. Uh, yeah, like storytelling. Um, I think ninety. No, that's not true. I'm not going to say that high. I think a lot of the visual effects in these movies hold up. I think Johnny Storm <laughs> looks good as the Human Torch in these movies. Obviously, you know, not necessarily what you would expect from a modern movie, but it's fine. It's totally yeah. passable. Sure. And I actually really like the Practical Thing costume. It looks silly, but if you're it doing... It looks so much better than the 2015 thing. It yeah. looks so much better, and if you're going to do more of a, like, a hokey comedy, like, 1960s riff thing, like, cool. Yeah, have him be in a Practical costume. That's fine. It's totally fine. It works. I don't know why he only has four fingers, but whatever. I mean, <laughs> it's what fantastic it is. The four. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I think, I think I made that joke when we were watching the movie. <laughs> Um, the exception, though, is Mr. Fantastic. It, the lead character, by the way. It is so yeah. unbelievably bad. In the first movie, right, there's the scene where his hand has to go under the door so he can open the door from the other side. And I turned to Dan and I was like, this looks like a bowling alley animation. <laughs> like, that is the level of rendering that they did on this. It's so bad. It is unwatchably bad. Like, I don't know why they... It's so bad. It's awful. <laughs> And then it's not much better in Fan Stick. Which Oh, that's yeah. why you're setting it up. Okay. Yeah. Let's lead now. Let's talk about uh, Fan Stick, 2005, directed by Joss Trank. Oh, yeah. Chronicle guy. The guy what who... What the fuck was this movie? It, was, <laughs> it didn't even have the same, like, way they had their powers. Like, was this closer to the comics? No. This is closer to the Ultimate Comics, which is a more modern, quote-unquote, serious universe. But not like Which the original. Doesn't exist anymore. Doesn't exist sure. anymore. But so not it was the original. Because the yes. story was dumb. Nobody liked <laughs> the only Ultimate comics that people liked were the Spider-Man ones. Everything else people hated. Nobody liked Ultimate X-Men. Nobody liked Ultimate Fantastic Four. The Fantastic Four's traditional story is they're in space, they go on a mission in space, and they get powers from space. That's yeah. Like 
This is so this cool. Was in theory, this one they dumb. are in space, just on a different in a galaxy. Different universe, yeah. a different universe yeah, or something. Universe. A different, different reality. Yeah. It, it, they say it's a different dimension. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't even know where to begin. Okay. <laughs> so, Reed Richards. Eight-year-old Reed Richards. Yeah, okay, that's the first problem. Yeah. <laughs> These child geniuses... I hate this trope so much. Created a teleportation device at eight years old in his garage. Yeah. Tony Stark built it Out in of... a cave with a box of scraps. <laughs> like that's literally this kid. This is better but than hate. Apple. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> that started in a garage, but they didn't. He make should a... be wearing the turtleneck. Correct. Yes. They didn't make a fucking teleporter out of a stack of Nintendo 64s. And when he demoed it, people just got mad. They at laughed him. at him. They laughed at him. I know. And then, like, even when he was doing it at the science fair, like, you know, after he got recruited or whatever, but initially, because it set fire to the basketball hoop or whatever, they just got mad and they weren't going to acknowledge that it was better than a potato clock, even if it <laughs> failed. <laughs> it still made something disappear. Yeah. <laughs> okay, and also the science fair, they, they flash forward a bit, so now they're... They're like, supposed to be in high school? <laughs> yeah, which, by yes. the way... He they, looks fucking 40. They look older Girl. than the Sam Raimi Spider-Man <laughs> high school kids. Yeah. This is worse, because at least everyone in those movies looks old. In this, he turns to a fucking child, and is like, that hey, is kid... That is the age of him in the, the first scene. And he's like, hey, kid, that's in the science fair with me that we're both <laughs> participating in. Like, what? What? And this Homer is like Simpson big. is his teacher for some reason? <laughs> yeah. What? What? I always think of him as the, the T-ball guy from Everybody Loves Raymond. <laughs> <laughs> that is who he is. That is who he fucking is too. Holy shit. Anyway, but I was going to say, like, the difference in ages between these guys and the kids, it's, like, big. You know that movie with Tom Hanks? <laughs> it's so bad. <laughs> like, he thinks he's still a kid. Like, they are fully adults. Uh, yes it's ridiculous okay he's as old as the teacher basically yes <laughs> it's like in the first sam raimi movie where the teacher is younger he's the youngest <laughs> one there yeah okay so already off to a bad start this is i mean i turned to dan and i was like because okay before we hit play right the the preview on disney plus said that it had like a nine percent run tomatoes rating <laughs> and dan was like <laughs> Dan was like, I don't remember it being a 9%. And then, like, by this scene, by this scene, Dan was like, no, this is a 9%. And I was like, yeah. It should have been 4. Yeah. <laughs> For multiple just reasons. Also just because it's garbage. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, he, okay, here's my favorite part of all this. I mean, this isn't even, this is all perfectly fine compared to what happens next, which is that. This is all fantastic. This is all fantastic, which is that a government secret scientist came to this high school science fair to look for talent to look for talent to recruit to the most top secret project going on in the government to travel to another dimension why because carol the earth is in danger i don't know if you picked up on this but there's this running subplot that like the earth is in danger and we need to get to this other dimension and you know what I didn't pick up on that. And because that's why I didn't specific. understand the motivation of the entire film. <laughs> is it yes. climate change or is it some other thing that they just Doesn't never matter. established? Not important. It just, it's just, we know, we're modern, the earth is fucked, right? In some way or another. We don't need to explain it. It's just, it's fucked. Yeah, we need to get this other energy. They specifically say like 10 times, this energy source from this planet could fix all our problems. What problems? <laughs> You need to explain the problem. No, the that's not crisis. important. Instead, oh. we need to explore, like, 
an hour of them building this machine and then another half hour of them trapped after they transform and yeah. come back yeah and then like 10 minutes on the other planet <laughs> of the climax the reu- reunion of, with victor von doom and then that's it who cares about what's happening yes. on the earth Doesn't oh yeah matter. but uh, um speaking of characterization yeah so reed um impossible young genius to fully grown 40 year old miles teller yeah. um the thing I mean, he's not actually 40 but he looks wow. pretty old he's like at least 30 he's like 30 so he's too old um the thing child that is as dumb as a rock <laughs> who um he's then just useful because he has access to like scrap metal <laughs> literally who then becomes reed's friend and then reed just leaves him because he goes to school because he goes but to he school calls him. but he but but and where is he like what how does he get there in the know. same <laughs> night they're still drunk when he gets there okay but before, he drove there. before that i mean before so yeah but so, oh, so shit. there's Miles this guy. Teller is 35. Yeah. He's old as shit. <laughs> okay, oh, so anyway, at this science fair where fully adult Reed and his dumb as a rock best friend are hanging out, this black scientist man comes up who has a white daughter, right? And we're thinking, oh my God, like, this is groundbreaking. We're going to get some type of real character. Not, not one... Not one fucking use of them being adopted siblings not one dude like well, they you want to talk it. about and they then she says it. it's nice to see michael b jordan later but like <laughs> if you want to do a movie about you're like, my brother it's nice to see you. <laughs> you're well, my brother they, anakin i love you <laughs> why do they even make her adopted like why not just make a black sue storm because I think they wanted to do a thing about like found family, like the whole metaphor of the Fantastic but that's, Four being the whole found. family they... is a found family. The whole Fantastic Four is a found family. I don't know. I and here's the this is the great part, right? Was when they announced this casting, obviously being the early 2010s, nerds on the internet were like, "Oh my god, how is one black? How's one gonna be white? What are we gonna do?" And and everyone was like don't worry guys like this is all very important and integral to the story and it's all gonna make sense and then you watch the movie and there's like a throwaway line about like you're adopted it's like okay uh thank you question mark i i don't okay but anyway sue let's talk about sue's characterization she has about six different hairstyles that we switch between in cuts in the same scene because there was like so many different reshoots and that's not that's not even forgetting the most important part of her character, which is what, Dan? That she is good at patterns. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, I was going to say she likes to listen to music. But why? That's, yeah. Because she likes the pattern. Because she's all about the patterns, you know? The she can music. only work when she's listening to music. Because she's got to analyze. What type of scientist Scientist is she? She's a, she's a pattern analyzing scientist. Is this going to come back? You bet your fucking ass it is. Because there's a scene where she has to analyze the patterns and she finds reed by vaguely remembering the fact that the first time they talked he quoted Twenty Thousand leagues under the sea in which there's a character named captain nemo yep not even saying that that's his favorite book ever just that he likes that book. that he vaguely likes that book and then later she finds him by how does like pattern stand it's all about like, the pattern she, she <laughs> finds a captain nemo thing but what even was that I don't know! I don't know what that was! <laughs> it's some sort of code that she finds anyway. Yeah. And that's the only reason why she finds him again. Yeah. I'm sure. This 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 has to be Reed. Who else would quote one of the most famous science fiction books of all time? I don't it has know. to be has to be Reed. Patterns. So how does also, she remember? 
I don't know. How much time has passed? A year. Oh yeah, there's a, there's a year. Yeah, there is that random jump of a year in the middle of this movie. Sure. Okay. Anyway, but so sorry, real quick. We've been riffing on this a lot. I do want to say one actual positive thing I have about this. Okay. What could it be? I don't even. It's yeah. relatively positive. It's that I like the relationship between Reed and Doctor Doom more in this movie than or like before he turns into Doctor Doom, like okay. just Victor, more than the other movie. Sure. Sure. Okay. They feel I'll more comradey before yeah. everything goes to shit. That's it. Okay. That's where I draw the line. Okay. Fair. But I hate Victor in a, as a character. Yeah. More oh, in this they're movie both there. terrible. Okay. But like, and just, also, like, they don't even really give him a motivation. Like, they just show up no. and he's like working in a dark, in a blacked out room. Oh, he's and just he's like, an Please incel. come back. Yeah. He's just like, a hacker. Like, he's just, just a trope. hacker incel boy. That's yes. all. But, like, Listen. it's kind of vaguely implied that maybe him and Sue had a thing, or he just had a crush on her, but we're never really yeah. told. Well, it's like, like the this other is the movie. exact opposite from being handed everything on a silver platter to being yes. like, we're going to explain nothing. <laughs> nothing. We're not even going to hint at anything. Absolutely. It's all They're... just figure it out. Or yes. make up your own story. Who cares? Yeah. It doesn't matter. Fuck it. It really Choose doesn't your own matter. adventure. Yeah. It can yeah. be anything. <laughs> okay, just to elaborate, their characterization is shit. But I just mean, like, yeah, they're dynamic. The no, ionic bond between them. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. I yeah. agree, too. Um, yeah, Victor, hate. Uh, also, I told this to Dan, but originally his name was not Victor Von Doom, it was Victor Domashev. Um, mm. But fans hated it so much that they literally, the only two scenes where you hear his name, one of them is ADR, where you don't see anyone saying it, and you just cut to a piece of paper while someone says Victor <laughs> Von Doom. And the other one is a reshoot, because Sue's wearing one of her stupid yeah. wigs that she wore during the reshoots. So they literally, like, went back and fixed the fact that he wasn't called Victor Von Doom because people got upset, so. Is that, that, that was the biggest issue in the film? That they <laughs> yeah, had to go back no, and no, fix? no, everything else is fine, yeah, that was, okay. yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Cool. Um, yeah. And then we meet uh, Johnny Storm, who is. Oh, yeah. Michael B. Jordan. And he races cars or something. Yeah. And, but got in a car accident immediately. He actually has less of a reason to be on the mission in this movie than the other movie. Yeah. You know what's dumb? Like this movie? If yeah, <laughs> if they needed a mechanic, if Reed needed a mechanic, why would wouldn't be you call a great it? time to call? I'm your pretty friend. sure. Yeah, that would that, that would be a great time to call Ben. To or come even, in. I'm pretty sure NASA or whatever the company was <laughs> has people for this. No, but they need Johnny. <laughs> you see, they need Johnny because like they don't just outside well, hire it's so for nice for space to see exploration. <laughs> yeah, they don't. When when the Apollo Eleven went up, they didn't just put out like a survey for who wants to go to fucking space. <laughs> like these were people involved prior. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, we should talk about Apollo because um after they've worked on this thing, Reed and Johnny and Victor are all sitting around. They're all getting drunk and they're pissed off. Why? Because some vague thing about how on the Apollo missions... Only the astronauts were remembered and not the people that built the ship. Yeah. That was well, yeah, argument. and for some reason they were thinking that they were going to build the ship and then they were going to be the ones I know, to go to the so other stupid. dimension. Because it's never so happens. useful of them to do that. Yeah. We do a favor here. Yeah. We're going to at least go to this other dimension. Yeah, it's so stupid. And then they get drunk and that's how they, they end up doing it before the, before the actual test is supposed to happen. Yeah, and might I yeah. say, might I say, they just not tested it on that. one chimp. No. They're not like... Sorry, what? They tested it on one chimp, and then they're like, yeah. let's all go. 
Yeah, and even this is this is my same Planet of the Apes issue. It worked on one ape, and then they're like, "Fuck it, skip to human trials." (laughs) I had that problem too. Exact same thing here. I I'm pretty sure I mentioned that during the movie. It's like they had one ape trial, and then even the official test was like they were ready to go with humans. And they they didn't even monitor that ape for like 24 hours. You don't know how he's doing now. He died. He absolutely (laughs) died. He's definitely dead. Um, does he have powers? Like. Is he gonna be? The, was he gonna be? I don't the, know. He didn't the fall the into movie. the green electrical goo or whatever the fuck was on that planet that gave yeah. everyone else powers. Well, but it's okay. <laughs> don't worry about it because it's Fantastic Four. <laughs> so yeah, I mean they they're drunk and they decide to go because they're arrogant or something. But Reed know, has to be, be there and Sue does not. Well, yeah. Well, no. <laughs> Reed. Is, here's my favorite thing. Right. First of all, like I said, they're not even that drunk. Like. No. They are not drunk enough that by the time Ben shows up, they're still drunk. They would be yeah. sober by then. There's not a fucking chance. But anyway. And they're not drunk enough to make this stupid of a decision. No. Yeah. No. Not even close. So they call him. Uh, they don't... Here's here's the scene, right? This is why I love the scene. Is they go, oh, if we're doing this... We need Ben. <laughs> well, he says, there's someone we gotta call. And you're thinking, like, Sue. Yeah. You know, yeah. the person <laughs> that's been working on this. No. Dumb as rocks, Ben Grimm, just sitting at home in his fucking car shop or whatever. Grimm Auto Parts. Grimm Auto Parts. That's a great name for a car company. Grimm Auto Parts. Sure, everyone wants to do business with them. And he shows up somehow, but and they're still not sober. Okay, and then they get in a. And it's the, the same night. And they just do it. Also, like, yeah. was there no? There was no security there. No nope. whatsoever. Well, there's the well, Sue front is door. There. Sue was there, and she noticed. Oh, that's right. Sue was there. She was the she was the only person there. At that yeah, time. yeah. And then they go, and they're dumb, and they there start touching stuff. There were some other people doing some like vague computer work when it cut to Sue. <laughs> I, but also, Sue then like got a notification alert yeah, that someone was using one, it. She's the only one that got powers, though. She ran he, to the room. machine after she oh, got the alert that someone right, was using it. Right, and then it exploded. Okay. okay. And she, like, called Sorry. her dad because she's a narc, and she's like, you gotta come here quick. Oh, yeah. What a loser. Yeah. Also, Sue is Kate Mara, right? Yeah. Yes. I don't think Kate Mara has ever typed anything in her life before. <laughs> um, the, the, the fake typing <laughs> was maybe the worst part of this movie, and that's saying something. I was like, have you never used a keyboard? Never? Oh, my God. <laughs> this is it. Like what? It was bad. What? Just fucking move your finger. Like, okay. Anyway, they go. They do weird shit. They start touching stuff because they're they're so drunk. Oh my god. What are? But I don't ben know. isn't. But Ben isn't. Ben is sober. But they still do dumb shit. Victor gets trapped there. Great. Bye. Yeah, he falls off a For cliff, a and it's like, okay, he's dead, bye. <laughs> yeah, and then they come back. They never go back for him either. Oh no. no. For a year. Yeah, fuck Well, it. that's why he's so mad. <laughs> Who, Victor? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's um, why he wants to, like, destroy the universe or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. That's a bit drastic, though. <laughs> it's wild. And then, yeah, you know, Sue gets powers not by any agency of her own as a character. She just happened to be in the room where a bunch of men made a stupid decision, and now she gets superpowers and is a part of the team. It's also yeah, just the logic of that is so dumb. Yeah. It was so dumb. And also the logic of how each of them get a power. So, like, Johnny <laughs> is because his blast shield or whatever breaks open and fire comes in the teleporter with yeah. him. Yeah. And then Ben, it's because rocks. <laughs> <get in there. laughs> 
And then they never show what Reeds does. Well, because how could you explain that? Yeah. He, <laughs> elastic bands? I don't know. Yeah. He just gets elastic powers for no elastic reason. Elastic bands. And then how did Sue get her powers? I don't... How do you get invisibility powers? Oh, and force Because she, she's a and woman and she wasn't supposed to be there in the first place. Yeah, I guess. And then I don't know... I mean, actually, no. Doctor Doom... His powers make the most sense in this movie, I guess. I guess, Because sure. he falls into, like, electric, like, goo. <laughs> and that's why he has electric powers, I guess. Because electric goo Oh, no, goo but he doesn't even have electric sense. powers in this movie. He has, like, telekinesis. I think? So, never mind. I don't know. That doesn't make any sense. Honestly, I unclear. Know. I couldn't really tell. Yeah, he, he does, because he in the like black strong. hole, he makes a black hole <laughs> at the end of the movie and, like, starts... Or a wormhole and so He just pulling like absorbed through. the powers of the planet, I think, essentially, somehow. I yeah. don't really know. <clears throat> I guess the planet itself had powers, electricity and stuff. Whatever the energy source they wanted to save the earth, he absorbed into his body and used it. So couldn't it for he just evil. save the earth instead of destroying it? Well no, he was mad, so absolutely not. Why? Because they left him and also Sue doesn't love him. Maybe. I <laughs> I don't know. This is bad. We should talk about the funniest scene in the movie, though. Like, that you got... It was the second hardest laugh that you had after the <laughs> laughing Silver Surfer. But when um, we cut back to the bo- body horror, quote-unquote yeah. body horror scenes, and there's just that scene of Miles Teller, like, laid out. Oh, my God! His arms are super <laughs> long. <laughs> it was hilarious. And it looks I like this bad. The and two they biggest film laughs. it with him, like, looking down the length of yeah. his arm. It's so bad. <laughs> We actually, like, we almost could have used that as promo for this episode. It was that bad. It's that bad. Yeah, we have It's options. funny that the two biggest laughs that night were both, uh, like, stretchy, Fantastic <laughs> Four related. Yeah. Oh, yeah, God. the CGI, especially for him oh. in this movie. Well, just, like, <laughs> the general introductions of all the characters and they, like, can't control their powers is all pretty, like, horrific. And it's a really weird... Weird change in genre. (laughs) Yeah. That was another change that this movie made is that they their powers are always on unless their suit switches it off. Yes. Except for the thing who just always is the thing and can't turn his off. Which completely ruins that character because the whole point is that the rest of them can control their powers and he can't, and that's where his entire character motivation comes from. Except in this universe where I guess he just doesn't have any. They're just being a dick, not making him a suit. Yeah. So that he can turn his off. Or even just a bracelet or something. Like, yeah, I don't know. It's stupid. Also, Can't like, make do a they. suit s- that big? Come on. Why? <laughs> do they sleep in those suits? Do they shower in those suits? <laughs> they must. How do they use the washroom? Well, how would Johnny even shower in, if he's on fire? I don't know. <laughs> this is what I mean. Like, it, 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 it. There's so many questions. I don't understand. And Reed, like, escapes day one through event and yeah. never comes back. <laughs> He's like, I'm gonna come back. And then he, he just, just dips. But it, then... I will say, actually, I also have one positive. Mm-hmm. It's cool that he can use his stretchy power to completely morph his face. <laughs> I think that's, that's that cool. conceptually. Yeah, but it looks so bad. The effect looks silly, but yeah. yeah. But, but it's it, a cool concept. Yeah. yeah, I'll give him that. Yeah, yeah for that's sure. Fair. I don't know. They come back. There's, There's not really much else that happens after this because it's just the end. That's the what I said. Act. The whole movie was basically them building this and then it was over. Yeah, it was weird. It was, I know I mentioned this to mm-hmm. you already, Marco, but it was paced like a three-act movie. 
but then they chop the last act off so the second act <laughs> functions as the third act but it it's like functionally a second act mm-hmm. that we just have to accept as the third act yeah because it just what it stops feels like. the movie just fucking stops basically it's so weird dr doom would have come back at the beginning of the second act had a fight with him and then leading into a third act fight mm-hmm. that like decides everything mm-hmm. yeah Absolutely. it was such a weird choice to have him never come back to earth until like, the very why? end yeah 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 so weird. yeah it's so weird i hate it also i like when reed goes back and they're like we need to go back and he's like okay i'll fix this and he just in 15 minutes changes the code or something to make it work and then they literally just have astronauts on hand no testing again literally he just fixes the code and they're like send them That's what I'm and i'm like it was so fast not know. even another ape not even one other ape nope it's right <laughs> back to form they had one ape and it died so they couldn't do yeah it they couldn't ape. do it anymore so they just sent more humans and you know they thought that shot was so badass of victor when they go back and he's got the hood on and he's yeah. walking around they were like oh we did something here no you didn't it looks like shit fucking terrible fucking movie <laughs> and he just opens a black hole or something and they stop him somehow i i still don't uses, really know you know he uses the teleporter to make a bridge between the two realities yes. and they start spilling into each other how do they stop him <laughs> don't they just like throw him into it oh yeah and it explodes oh oh no yeah it closes the wormhole and then they they fly through at the last second oh that's right um back to earth and then seal the the wormhole forever yep mm. and, and then they still leave him the there one. he's dead oh okay cool they i don't really off. remember honestly after i saw where it was going and then like like i figured out it was gonna like end soon i was like i'm really gonna try to block this out <laughs> oh but you missed the best part which is the last scene i mean it's so good um they get back and they want their own research facility where they can do their own Whoa, research. Well, wow. no, of course I remember that. How yeah. could you forget when they say the title of the film? Yeah, or they don't. Well, they don't. Well, they don't. They just say, but it's, it's not fantastic. even the Baxter Building. No, but this is the this is the great thing, right? Yeah, is they get back and they, they want their own <laughs> research facility, and you're like, so the Baxter Building, that quintessential iconic thing. Nope, it's just some other. They start in the Baxter Building, and now at the end of the movie, they're at a random, a random building in the middle of nowhere. Okay. And then, yeah, yeah, that wonderful little dialogue exchange yeah. where for some reason they're like, we need we a sh- name. We need a name. Why? You're not a T. Te- what have you, you didn't do superheroism. You literally <laughs> were just there and got sucked into this thing. And, and like, defend and now you guys like vaguely. hang out or probably going to do science together. Like, why do you need a name? Also, I work in a lab. A we don't have a team <laughs> name. I was, that's what I was going to say. Like, <laughs> just because you're on a team of scientists, you don't name your team. Yeah. It's not like a high school competition <laughs> the where like, seven. you have to name your team. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Yeah, and then out of nowhere, Ben's just like, this is fantastic. <laughs> well, no, but it's, it's set up. Because he would say that after Johnny said to him, how about you're the thing that nobody wants? Remember when they're trying to pick names for each other? Oh, yeah. And he refers to him as the thing that nobody wants. And then that just, Reed is it like, hey, stop it. And then Ben goes, I don't know, this is pretty fantastic. <laughs> And then Miles Teller, in the worst line delivery of his entire career, goes, Oh, hey guys, uh, I got it. And they go, Oh, what? And he goes, How about credits? And then it's just like Age of Ultron, but worse. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Is this serious? Okay, serious question for you guys. Going back to what I said about how, like, the early movies, it was the era of, like, child drawings, you know, 
but like in the more modern era we like it's it feels worse because they know better right so based on that principle is this the worst superhero movie yes like of all time yes because like i haven't seen every superhero movie but like from what you've seen it's the worst one i've seen in my whole life absolutely like i I would give it like a 0.5 0.5 out of 5 on letterbox i don't know if it's possible to give zero but i would <laughs> not even a 0.4 <laughs> I, they do you have stars i only i uh, think so god damn it sorry you should put in your comment i would have <laughs> I done would 0.4. Give it a 0.4 or a negative four <laughs> yeah yeah there you go um it's really between this and the venom movies for me but i mean morbius i haven't seen but yeah. i would imagine morbius yeah. might be worse than the venom movies from what i'm hearing yeah i heard the same yeah, no, this I is don't absolutely know. the worst one I've ever seen. But actually, you know what? I think even those movies have more substance than what goes on in this movie. I think those movies at least have better special effects. <laughs> like, if nothing else, at least the Venom <laughs> CG looks pretty good. Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, Tom Hardy is a good actor. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but this movie has good actors. But I think, not in this movie. I think Tom's Har- Tom Hardy's performance in those movies is more enjoyable than any performance oh, in this movie. Yes, actually. Is Even there anything else to compare this to, though, for the worst? I don't know. It's definitely the worst of everything we've talked about tonight. Oh, yeah. By Easily. far. Um, yeah, I guess it might be safe to say this is the worst, considering this is the and worst. I generally like things. Like, the fact that I like, could <laughs> almost not finish this movie means a lot. <laughs> It is even worse than I remember, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Yeah. So I know we haven't done recommendations for any of these, but I wholeheartedly <laughs> do not recommend this movie. Which ones, okay, which ones would you recommend and which ones wouldn't you? Based Only on the, the ones I've watched? Of, of the, Because I didn't see Hulk. But uh, oh, well, I okay, think I yeah. would recommend Fantastic Four and Fantastic Four Rise of the Silver Surfer. Okay. And that's it understandable i think i would only recommend the first fantastic four i think you wouldn't even recommend daredevil no i mean i love that movie (laughs) but unless you are like me and obsessed with early 2000s emo rock culture like and if that's you like if that is you and you like early 2000s grunge emo rock and all the the leather and the weird cg bad vibes like if that sounds like a fun time for you fuck yeah i would recommend it you know what i would say similar to how you told me to watch just like a cut of the worst parts of the hulk i would recommend to watch a youtube video of all of colin farrell's scenes from daredevil (laughs) i think that would be thoroughly enjoyable sure i would say you could also just watch the bring me to life like second act suit up montage where they're like training to get ready for the big fight that is hilarious sure and I think it has good context for the first time that song was ever played in a public. It's setting. important. It's important. It's Historically literally okay. It's yeah, culturally no, that's relevant. history. Yeah, that's history. <laughs> I'll recommend that. That's important. It belongs in a museum. Okay, I would recommend also the first Fantastic Four, pretty much all of it. Um, I can't recommend the second one, but I would recommend looking up that scene yeah. <laughs> where Chris Evans is stretchy. I think um, the first movie just made me love the world so much. That yeah. made yeah. me like the second one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think I would recommend Hulk. I think it's funny really? enough. Really? Not like just because it's funny enough. Yeah, no, no, of course, of course, yeah. And that's it. Okay, I interesting. Think. I The only reason I don't recommend Hulk is because I feel like you it takes a little bit to get to the truly funny stuff. Like at the beginning, you're like, this editing's weird, but it's just a weird drama. <laughs> I never got tired of it. I'm it glad. Was, <laughs> it was like they went into premiere and just went down the list of different transitions. Yes. And they're like, all right, this one we're doing this one. Next one we're doing that one. We're just going to 
try all of these all of out, them. and all they all stayed in the final movie. And then every once in a while, there was just like a fade to black, and we were like, "Oh my god, what?" <laughs> I, I will forgot. say, yeah. I just want to say one other thing, okay? A, a positive about those Fantastic Four movies, I love. Again, I touched on the idea of how they conveyed relationships without you needing to see the origins of the relationships. And I think that goes such a long way in terms of world building. I don't know why, but whenever characters have to meet each other in like a predetermined, we know that they're going to meet each other way, but we have to see the meet cute of it, I it always makes me cringe a little bit. Like, the, the example I think of is always like Qui-Gon Jinn staring into the camera and being like, I, Anakin Skywalker, meet Obi-Wan Kenobi. That was the example I was literally just about to pull. I hate that, and I think that's also part of why I hate fan four stick is because like we see when Reed and Ben I'm become still friends, chuckling then, at the name, Sorry. and then we see when they, we see when they meet Sue, and then we also see when they all meet Victor, and then we also see when they all meet Johnny, and I'm like, can't yeah. they just know each other? Wasn't it great in the first one when they're just like, you remember my brother Johnny, and Ben's like, fucking Johnny, <laughs> great, that's all we need. Like, yeah. I don't need this shit. And even with Doctor Doom, like, he knew them all going Exactly, in. exactly. And to your point about, like, in this one, you kind of see them more have that camaraderie that falls apart. But, like, in that one, it's more like, that happened, and now they just hate each other. Fine. Yes. Whatever. Okay, one more thing about fan stick. You know what was almost as bad as the Fantastic line at What's the that? end? When, when Sue was like, oh, Doctor Doom over here. Oh, when, my When Victor God. was, like, saying something gloomy or whatever yes. i don't know but then like there was a name drop for dr doom which literally he is dr doom because he's a doctor well see that was probably doom. before they did the reshoots <laughs> but it that's even stupider so it's probably like a wink here's the thing that's even stupider because why would you out of the context okay here's the problem right remember in man of steel we were talking about how at the end of man of steel it doesn't make sense that a little boy clark was wearing a red thing around his neck to pretend yeah. like it was a cape because you would only do that in a universe where superman existed why would you ever refer to someone jokingly as dr doom without the context of his last name being doom or the character dr doom like dr doom is not like a known thing so <laughs> yeah but that... i believe they would do that because it's so stupid because <laughs> it's so stupid okay fair yeah fair you're probably right carolina like i'm almost sure now that that was just from like the original cut where his last name wasn't Doom, so like, they were like, "Here's our a reference, reference to it." Yeah, yeah. For it the must fans. Be. It must be. I hate that, but it must be. <laughs> that was, yeah, that was horrible. <sighs> I'm glad we ended this episode on a high note, guys. <laughs> I mean, this movie just it hurts. <laughs> How did we talk longer about these movies than uh, the Doctor Strange? Well, we talked about so five. We talked about five, yeah. I, mean, I think we, we did great. Through one of them real quick. Hulk is just like. <laughs> we also forgot to talk about the Avatar trailer. Oh my god! I think that's just kidding. Fine. There's nothing to talk about. <laughs> Thanks again for listening to the Future Life podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean a lot to us if you liked this video. Give us a rating and review. If you want to stay up to date with the latest episodes of the podcast, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel. Make sure you hit the bell to be notified when we post a new video, or follow the podcast on Spotify. If you want to connect with us directly, you can follow us on Instagram at FeatureLengthPodcast, or even send us an email at FeatureLengthPodcast at gmail.com. Catch you on the flip side.